Captain in the last hour and some of his wacky ideas and such. Recorded, recorded but live. Switching gears ever so slightly from the but of course department, we read Child Protective Services launch investigation on Baltimore mom who hit son. Uh huh. Yeah. Quote. A woman seen hitting and berating a black-clad teenager, later confirmed to be her son, has been hailed as Mom of the Year after her intervention on the streets of Baltimore was caught on video. As violence flared up across the city, the woman who was identified as Toya Graham was filmed telling her child to take that mask off. I'll let you guess what the <clears throat> was, and it was a very uh, strong, explicitive nature there. Well, Graham spoke to CBS News about the video, which initially went viral with little context. In the interview, the single mother of six tells the network that she intervened out of concern for her 16-year-old son's safety. She said, quote, that's my only son. And at the end of the day, I don't want him to be a Freddie Gray. But to stand up there and vandalize police officers, that's not justice, end quote. Well... By late Monday, videos of the incident were so widespread that Baltimore Police Commissioner Anthony Bratt, I lost my place, Anthony Bats, excuse me, brought it up in an interview. In an overnight news conference, he told reporters, quote, and if you saw in one scene, you had a mother who grabbed their child who had a hood on his head, and she started smacking him on the head because she was so embarrassed. I wish, this is police commissioner Anthony Batt speaking here, I wish I had more parents who took charge of their kids tonight. I think these were youth coming out of high school, and they thought it it was cute to throw cinder blocks at the police department and address it that way, end quote. However, in an unexpected turn of events, it's unexpected for anyone who, only for anyone who hasn't been paying attention, my friends, Child Protective Services in Baltimore has, wait for it, launched an investigation on Toya Graham shortly after the video which showed her beating her son on the street became viral. A CPS spokesperson told Newslow, quote, After reviewing the video in question, it has come to our attention that Ms. Graham is a mother of six. Although her actions are somewhat understandable, we cannot allow a young man to suffer such violence and abuse regardless of the cause. Therefore, CPS investigators will question Miss Graham and her children and will also conduct an investigation that will determine if Ms. Graham will be <clears throat> allowed to continue being her children's legal guardian, end quote. 
Well, after this, Miss Graham did not want to speak to Newslow or comment on the matter. And you can understand why, my friends. She actually took responsibility for her kids and <clears throat> abused them by smacking them in the side of the head with an open hand. Boy, that's just terrible abuse, my friends. And yeah, that was extreme sarcasm. Now, from 16 months ago, my friends, but in light of what's been going on in Ferguson, Baltimore, etc., it's a really good review. A good time to look back 16 months ago and see what someone had to say about things 16 months ago and then think, hmm... What has happened as a result? Gee, everything they talked about. That's why we're going to do the review, my friends. It's entitled Big Dem Cities, Big Dem Poverty. Yeah. On the ABC This Week telecast 16 months ago, Former House Speaker Newt Gingrich squared off with former Clinton Labor Secretary Robert B. Reich, who tried to blame the increase in poverty over the last five years on the GOP. Well, quote, here's the baloney, Gingrich fired back, quote, Every major city which is a center of poverty is run by Democrats. Every major city. Their policies have failed. They're not willing to admit. And the fact is, the poor who suffer from bad government. End quote. Well, unfortunately for the millions of Americans, Gingrich was right on the money. Here is a breakdown, my friends. It's list time of the 10 cities, at least from 16 months ago, with populations above 250,000 that have borne the brunt of democratic ideology. We will start with number 10, St. Louis. The poverty rate there is 26% overall and Four in ten children live in poverty. Now, remind you, these are all figures from 16-plus months ago, okay? It hasn't gotten much better, my friends. Like Detroit, the city has experienced major population decline from 850,000 in the mid-20th century to just 318,000 in 2013. The Previous years, from 16 months ago, previous years, annual performance report gave the city's public schools a rating of 24.6% on a scale of 0 to 100. The city, which is also reeling from a $640 million in unfunded pension liabilities, is currently rated the third most dangerous large city in the nation. St. Louis' current mayor, well, at least 16 months ago, Francis G. Slay, also served since 2001, and there hasn't been a Republican mayor in St. Louis since 1949. 
Number nine, Newark, New Jersey, poverty rate 26.1%. Former mayor Cory Booker, who was recently elected to the United States Senate, was the latest in a long, unbroken line of Democrat mayors dating back 106 years to 1907. Former Newark Mayor Sharp James was convicted of five counts of fraud in 2008, yet he is hardly an anomaly. With the exception of Booker, every mayor of Newark since 1962 has been indicted for crimes committed during their tenure of office. Between 2005 and 2012, the city's population declined from 281,000 to 278,000, while violent crime increased from 2,821 to 3,219. Number eight, Cincinnati, Ohio. And the citizens there are afflicted by a poverty rate of 27.4% overall with a staggering 53.1% child poverty rate as of 2012. Former Democrat Mayor Mark Mallory left recently elected Democrat Mayor John Cranley a $60 million deficit through 2012 with an annual budget shortfall of 20%, leading many to believe that bankruptcy is imminent. Cincinnati's last non-Democrat mayor, Charlie Party member Arnold L. Bortz, served until 1984. That was it. There we go. Number seven, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, 28% of city residents live overall in poverty, with, and that number balloons to 40% in terms of child poverty. Democrat voter registration outnumbers Republicans by a six-to-one margin in a city where at least the last Republican mayor to hold office, Bernard Samuel, was voted out in 1952. Current mayor... Michael Nutter is presiding over a city with the lowest credit rating in the country's five most populous cities. That's $8.75 billion in outstanding debt and a pension system that is only funded at a level of 47.6%. And last March, city officials this is, again, from 16 months ago. City officials voted to close 9% of the city's public schools due to a five-year $1.35 billion spending gap. Yes, these numbers are outstanding, my friends. Number six, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 29% poverty rate. 42.6% of children under 18 in poverty. And... Like Camden, Milwaukee boasts a track record of non-Republicans going back 105 years to 1908, but they weren't all Democrats. In 2011, the city marked the 101st anniversary of the election of Emil Sidel, the first of three Socialist Party mayors of Milwaukee. Current Mayor Tom Barrett claims the poverty experienced in his city is a regional problem. But 71% of those who live in poverty in a four-county area were all concentrated in Milwaukee. Yeah. Number five, Buffalo, New York, with a 29.9%. You notice how the numbers are going up here, my friends? 29.9% of residents overall living below poverty level and children enduring poverty, 46.8%. 
It's the third highest in the nation behind Detroit and Camden. Mayor Byron Brown presides over a city that's lost 11% of its population over the last dozen years, due in large part to a stagnating economy, and Buffalo's last Republican mayor served until 1965. Number four, from south of the Mason-Dixon line, El Paso, Texas. One in four live in poverty, rising to 35% for children. Oscar Lesser is the 53rd mayor of that city, whose history dates back to 1873. In all that time, the city has never elected a Republican mayor. Yes, 18. 73 never had a Republican mayor. The proposed 2014 budget asked for a 4% tax increase due to what city manager Joyce Wilson characterizes as a, quote, budget gap too extensive to overcome without significant impact to existing services levels, end quote. Well, El Paso's current debt level stands at $893 million. Number three, Cleveland, Ohio. 36% of its residents live in poverty in 1978 when the current U.S. House of Representatives Democrat Dennis Kucinich was mayor. The city became the first one since the Great Depression to default on its debt. They remained in default until 1987. In 2011, the city's credit rating was downgraded by Fitch due to concerns about the city's struggling economy and shrinking population. Cleveland, with the current mayor, at least 16 months ago, of Frank G. Jackson, hasn't had a Republican mayor since 1989. During Jackson's tenure, the police, fire, and sanitation departments have been cited for excessive use of force. Sanitation department. Excessive use of force, <laughs> payroll abuse, and chronic billing problems. Mm-hmm. Number two, then there's Detroit, Michigan. It's in a class by itself, my friends, with 36.2% of residents living in poverty, along with an outstanding 60% of the city's children in poverty. The city itself is utterly dysfunctional, with 20 billion dollars of debt, 78,000 abandoned homes, collapsing or non-existent municipal services, 47% illiteracy rate. It's the most dangerous city in the nation. Bankruptcy judge Stephen Rhodes allowed his rulings, declared the city ineligible for bankruptcy and leaving the public employee pension systems vulnerable to cuts for retirees and allowed it to proceed to the U.S. Court of Appeals in Detroit is on track to becoming the largest city in the nation to go bankrupt. Now, of course, this is 16 months ago. They're still trying to fight that bankruptcy, my friends. Now, the, the mayor at the time, 16 months ago, David Bing, has represented an unbroken string of Democrats going back to 1962, when the city was one of the most prosperous cities in the entire world. If it was its own country in 1962, it would have been the third richest country in the world, my friends. And finally, number one. We've been hinting at it all this time. Camden, New Jersey. 
rounding out that top 10 with a poverty rate of 42.5%, child poverty rate of 56.7%. In one poll, Camden was rated the second most dangerous city in the nation, with gang violence cited as a chief contributing factor. Democrat Dana Red is the current mayor, at least 16 months ago, the city. Frederick Von Nida was Camden's last Republican mayor. He served until 1936. So there you go, my friends. That's the lineup regarding poverty from a report from 16 months ago. Yet there are also eight large American cities facing bankruptcy, a reality that would undoubtedly exacerbate each city's poverty rate. Cincinnati and Camden and held the distinction of being on both lists. The six other cities were... Baltimore, Washington, D.C., San Diego, San Jose, San Francisco, and Los Angeles. And note that the last four are in California, the nation's foremost Democrat stronghold. And as for Baltimore, it has been run by Democrat mayors and city councils since 1967. And since Washington, D.C.'s home rule began in 1975, every mayor has been Democrat. Hmm. You see, Democrats like to make the case that the poorest states are run by Republicans, yet they conveniently ignore the history of those states. So let's review the history where two facts loom large. First, most of those poorest states were part of the Old South where the vestiges of slavery combined with national policies that favored highly industrialized northern states, which was one of the factors leading to that so-called civil war, produced economic stagnation by comparison. And furthermore, most of those states were, wait for it, staunchly democratic for over a century following the civil war. Dr. Mark W. Hendrickson, adjunct faculty member, economist, and fellow economic and social policy with the Center for Vision and Values in Grove City College, illuminates the glaring differences between the comparisons. He said, quote, the most fundamental difference between the data that conservatives prefer that the 10 poorest cities are longtime Democrat strongholds and the data that liberals will be more inclined to cite that the 10 poorest states are predominantly Republican is that conservatives can point to actual policies that Democrats implemented that contributed to the impoverishment of the cities while the liberals cannot point to specific GOP policies that have caused the poor states to lag behind. Mm-hmm. There you go, my friends. Okay. Now, that was a report from 16 months ago to try and bring it up to the present. Urban America is a disaster because of decades of big, crony-infested government. So, uh, how do I summarize this here? 
Well, what we saw in Baltimore this past week has been a symptom of big government, urban politics. Why are places like Detroit, much of Chicago, St. Louis, Philadelphia, still large parts of New York, Atlanta, Richmond, and a good part of Washington, D.C., and dozens more cities so poor and dysfunctional? Well, it's largely, but not solely, because these places, the reality of the marketplace is not embraced. Well, at least not the legal marketplace. So why do businesses leave these cities? Well, for many reasons. But a big part is because taxes are too high in major cities almost across the board or perhaps like seattle the minimum wage is being pushed up to levels which are divorced from reality which also acts like a tax and there's a reason some cities feel like skeletons it's because the business community long ago was picked clean urban america killed the goose that laid the golden tax base egg now it wonders why all the jobs are gone you see, if America is to really turn things around, and it would mean a lot of well-paid cronies around these cities, which really could care less about turning their communities around, well, they would have to embrace low-tax or no-tax environments. In other words, make it easy to do business in cities. Declare Detroit a free zone, as we said. I've suggested on this show several times, my friends, and watch things revitalize. I've given you previous examples of how Taiwan and Singapore, among others, flourished when they were turned into free economic zones. It has worked every single time it's been tried, my friends. But the dirty little secret is that if businesses moved in and did well and created jobs, well, that would screw up the balance of power in many of these little urban fiefdoms, and local politicians are not interested in inviting new sources of power into their little backyards. Yeah, it's better to have a welfare-dependent ghetto, which is yours to run, than a prosperous neighborhood with new residents who actually demand something from their elected officials. So, there we go, my friends. Cause and effect. You've got to connect the dots, my friends. And you connect the dots, and you find out where the real problems are. Now, I've given you some big dots to connect here, and I've connected an awful lot for you. But you've got to go the rest of the way and employ some critical thinking to all of this. I know, it's a lot of numbers and a lot of stuff that I've given you, and I've talked really rapidly here, and sometimes it may have seemed disjointed, but it is all to the same point. You're listening to the Constitutional Crusader Show on the American Voice Radio Network. Don't you go anywhere. We will be right back.
Food prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $140. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System. on the American Voice Radio Network. I'm your host, M. Roy Ben Shadler. I'm going to try something a little different here right now. I've got a rather 
interesting uh, law school segment, and because it's a little long, I'm going to simply say that right now I've got 11 or 18, excuse me, 18 links of interest. I'm going to skip by those right now, go straight to the critical thinking segment, which is short. It's a meme that has a close-up of a mouth that's holding a pill in between the teeth. And the meme reads, the pill that everyone wants but can't seem to swallow. And the pill is labeled truth. There's your critical thinking segment. Okay, now I'm going to go into the... Clear the phones, turn off the instant messages, go straight into the Roy's School of Guerrilla Lawfare. That's L-A-W for Learn and Win Through a Better Education. And if I get through this here before the end of the show, then I'll go back up and see how many links of interest I can get to through yet. But I really want to talk about this, even though... Rush Limbaugh on his show this morning stole much of my thunder and presented a lot of this. I noticed that he only got through the first page of it, which I thought was really interesting because the whole thing of it is all good. But for those of you who might have missed what Gush had to speak, Uh, pontificate on. Here is the article. It's entitled, Meet the Vagina Voters. Yes, the women voting for Hillary because she's a woman and they are setting feminism back 100 years or more. Quote, I intend to vote with my vagina, end quote. Have you ever heard a more squirm-inducing sentence than that? Well, it appeared in a pro-Hillary piece in Dame magazine, written by a person with a vagina who intends to vote for Clinton because she also has a vagina. So let's leave aside the unfortunate image conjured up by that sentence. You know, like, can you hold a pencil with that thing? The bigger problem with such unabashed declarations of vagina voting is that they confirm the descent of feminism into the cesspool of identity politics and even biologism, if we're going to coin a new word here, and its abandonment of the idea that women should be valued for their minds rather than their anatomy. Mm-hmm. Kate Harding, the vagina voter in question, isn't only going to vote with her v- vag, and she's going to tell everyone about it. Quote, I intend to vote with my vagina, unapologetically, enthusiastically, and I intend to talk about it, she wrote in Dame Magazine. After all, she thinks Hillary would be a great president because she, are you ready for this, quote, she, quote, 
knows what it's like to menstruate, be pregnant, and give birth, end quote. Hmm. So, let's think about this for a second here. So, Miss, uh, what's your name? Kate Harding, there we go. So, Miss Harding, you're going to pick your leader on the basis of her biological functions. The fact that she's experienced the same bodily stuff as you. Let's imagine for a moment, if a man did that, like, I'm going to vote for Ted Cruz because he knows what it's like to spunk off, and he knows the pain of being kicked in the balls. Hmm. You know, we'd think that was a very sad dude indeed. Why is it better for a female commentator to wax lyrical about voting on the basis of her biological similarity to a candidate rather than any shared political outlook? Hmm? Are you thinking yet, my friends? See, the point of Harding's pussy politics, if you will, and, you know, we should really call this biologism among some of those in the Hillary camp, is to say that it would be a brilliant, symbolic breakthrough if the U.S. were to have its first ever female president. It would be, quote, enormously important, Harding said, She said, American women have been bleeding for over 200 years. Again with the blood. Get over it. She said, and a lot of us have arrived at the point where we just want someone with a, are you listening? Visceral, not abstract concept of what that means, end quote. Wow. You know, there is something that is profoundly sexist in that. Hillary is valued by Harding, not for her ability to think abstractly, which is the very essence of politics, but for what she represents viscerally. The visceral being. In the words of the Oxford English Dictionary, the visceral being is the bowels, the seat of emotion. You know, my friends, I would remind you that a hundred years ago, the precise same view of women as visceral rather than abstract creatures was used as an argument against having them in the political realm just a hundred years ago. In 1910, the London-based journal, the Anti-Suffrage Review, said women have, quote, difficulty forming abstract ideas, that women are emotional. And government by emotion quickly degenerates into injustice. 
These were the things that were said in 1910 in the Anti-Suffrage Review. Yet now, a century later, the potentially first woman president of the U.S. is hailed by some for her visceral, not abstract in Harding's words, understanding of women's lives and everyday's issues. Well, to stick with the <clears throat> biological function theme, modern feminism is, shall we say, <clears throat> pooping all over the suffragettes who fought tooth and nail against the valuation of their viscera over their brains. Yes, Harding's pussy politics is only more physical, blood-obsessed version of one of the main arguments coming from Hillary's cheerleaders in the media. And what is it? That she deserves to be elected because she's a woman because she has a vagina. Well, in response to the claim that Hillary is playing the <clears throat> gender card, Jessica Valenti says, good, adding, quote, I hope she plays the gender card so hard, end quote. Valenti writes about the, quote, very important, important symbolic and necessary vision of the first woman president and she says quote that a gender card i played again and again in short she's also voting with her vagina chelsea clinton she says her mother's femaleness is quote absolutely important for symbolic reasons, end quote. Nazi Pelosi says Hillary's sex also would be, quote, a very major consideration, end quote, for voters. Why? Because of the brilliant gravity of, quote, what it would mean to elect a woman president of the United States, end quote. In short, Vote with your vaginas. Or if you're in the unfortunate position of having a <clears throat> dick, then at least give, quote, very major consideration, end quote, to the fact that Hillary is a woman and vote for her accordingly. Think about what is in this woman's knickers rather than what is in her mind. Yeah. Well, over at Bustle magazine, G Gabrielle Moss continues the suffragette defaming fashion for elevating women's biology over their brains, admitting that she will, quote, be voting with my emotions and eschewing the, quote, clear-eyed political rationality that so many of the men around me claim to possess, end quote. She says that her vote for Clinton won't be, quote, based on clear-eyed, unemotional review of her political track record, nor on a clear-eyed assessment of all possible Democrat candidates, end quote, but rather 
It will be an expression of the, quote, intense personal connection she feels with Hillary as a woman. You see, they both have vaginas. Here again, the very thing the suffragettes street fought against the idea that women are too emotional to partake in abstract politics, that is bizarrely rehabilitated as a badge of honor? Really? Really? In other words, I'm a woman, and therefore I'm visceral, and I will vote for a woman. Vaginas of the world unite. You can hear it, my friends. Here it comes. This is what America is degenerating into. The rise of the vagina voting and the centrality of gender and the whole Hillary shebang pun intended, shows how dominant the politics of identity has become in the space of just eight years. Now, that was page one, and that's where Gush stopped. Let's move on to page two, which is just as interesting. You see, Back in 2007 and 2008, Hillary, as you may recall, bristled at the idea that she should big up her gender and make a major display of her femaleness. Quote, I'm not running as a woman, she told the audience in Iowa. Now, however, she is running as a woman selling herself as a grandmother, preparing her campaign launch video with women of every age and hue as she celebrated for doing so. In 2008, quote, she struggled against the idea, end quote, that she was representing a particular gender, says The Guardian, among the Clinton family's most fawning fans. But this time, she's, quote, putting gender at the forefront of her presidential race, end quote. The paper's coverage says about this approvingly, or as one news reporter put it, quote, Ms. Clinton played down the gender role for the first time she ran for the top job, but this time it's expected to be a core plank of her campaign, end quote. This embrace of the gender card by Clinton and her cronies, this move from thinking with their heads to, dare we say it, voting with their vaginas, is being celebrated as a great leap forward. It's nothing of the sort. It merely confirms the speedy and terrifying shrinking of the political sphere in recent years, with the abstract being elbowed aside by the emotional. And the old focus on ideas and values now playing a very quiet second fiddle 
to an obsession with identity. See, the celebration of a potential president on the basis of her natural characteristics shows that the growing vacuum where big and serious ideas ought to be is filled with biologism, with a view of people as little more than bundles of genes, accidents of birth, colors, sexes, genders. The rotten thing that human beings struggled against for generations, the tendency to judge individuals by their biology rather than their talents and beliefs, has made a comeback under the banner of identity politics. In 2001, The Onion did one of its brilliant American Voices polls. On the question of Hillary standing for the presidency in 2004, one of the respondents in this Onion piece, a guy in a white suit says, a woman president? What if she menstruates all over some important legislation? End quote. So, as recently as 2001, Talking about Hillary as someone who menstruates was recognized to be a sexist throwback to that old, dark era when women were treated as animalistic and not capable of abstract reasoning as men today. The fact that Hillary, quote, knows what it's like to menstruate, end quote, as posed by Miss Harding in her article, is presented as a serious reason to vote for her. Yes, meet the vagina voters, the new sexists, reducing women to bits of flesh as thoroughly as those old, hoary old misogynists were doing a hundred years ago. There you go, my friends. That's what we have degenerated into. The question is... Will we allow it to continue? That's the question. Okay. I got through it. I wasn't sure if I would be able to get through it, but I wanted you to hear that, my friends, because that is what we've degenerated to. So let's see how many of these 18 links of interest we can get through in the remaining moments we have to us. Number 18. Gee, seems like they might have a cause of action for religious discrimination. Amish farmers are saying that Kumo's SAFE Act discriminates against them. What do you think? 16 and 17. Point, then counterpoint. Read both of them, then make up your own mind. The first one is George W. Bush saying, as president, you've got to mean it when talking tough, from the freebeacon.com, and then the opposing view from 
Politica USA, which is a socialist drag, where it says White House blasts George W. Bush president's criticism of Obama's foreign policy. Like I say, point, counterpoint, read both. Number 15, this is why police unions, and by extension, all public employee unions, must be disbanded. Why? Good cop punished. Why? Because the good cop caught fellow cops who were stealing and reported on them. Yeah. Number 14, oh, this is rich. This is rich. Disgraced former CBS Evening News anchor Dan Rather appeared on CNN's, get this, Reliable Sources to discuss the ongoing Brian Williams saga, and he did his best to downplay the significance when asked, in the great scheme of things, how big is it? Read the article, my friends. Oh, it is good. Number 13. I would really like to spend some time on this, but today just got filled up with too many other things. But what this is saying is absolute fact, and that is Jesus was not the wimp liberals would have you believe him to be. It's a good article, my friends. Number 12. Hidden history. Yes, this, that is really saying is history that is buried. Because if this history were out in the open, so much of the race baiters' arguments would dissolve. And what is it? It's the hidden history of the first legal slave owner in America. He was a black man, my friends. Number 11. The hits just keep on coming. Revealed in Breitbart.com, revealed Washington Post uncovers 1,100 hidden foreign Clinton cash donations. Yeah, they went up to Canada, my friends, and searched through the Canadian tax records. 1,100 hidden foreign cash donations. Number 10. This is simply unbelievable. <laughs> hey, can I use this? DHS Secretary Johnson says, I'm interested in deporting criminals, but lawbreaking isn't a crime. I want to use that. <laughs> lawbreaking isn't a crime. DHS Secretary said so. I don't think I'd get away with it. What do you think? Number nine, what is not to, to like about this idea? Senator Rand Paul is saying that he would be happy to dissolve the U.N. and kick them out of this country. Like I said, what's not to like about the idea? Number eight, uh, well, since we did our law school segment on vagina voting, how about gender equality? Yeah, schoolgirls who sent naked pictures of themselves to boys, well, the boys were suspended, but the girls only got reprimanded. A little gender equality, hmm, anyone? Number seven, wait, 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 didn't I say this would happen? Oh, yeah, I did. Owner of Pizza Shop says the new Seattle minimum wage is forcing her to close. I, I said it would happen. Number five and six, this is unbelievable. Number five, wait for, wait, Hillary calls for restoring trust in politics. And number six related, 
New York Times, Hillary's foreign uranium exec hiding identities of $20 million worth of Clinton donors. Yeah, trust in politics, of course. Number four, wow, is sanity breaking out? Who would have thunk it? After years of false research has been thoroughly debunked, people are finally starting to sober up and realize they've been snookered by a bunch of socialists. Yeah, the Senate is not ready to tie climate change to mankind. Sanity's breaking out. Number three, I love the part here where Larry talks about Bill Clinton coming up to him and saying that Larry is one of Bill's biggest heroes. And the people of America want this guy back in the White House. Who's the Larry? Why, it's Hustler's Larry Flint, who is now endorsing Hillary for president. That Larry. Number two, remember how I exposed how the $10,000 deposits that create instant investigations and where that money came from? Well, now those who deposit less than 10000 into their bank accounts are being targeted for quote-unquote structured deposits. Read about how the IRS is stealing from people for so-called structured deposits. And number one, of course, she is now interested now in justice reform, now that it's looking more and more like she will be subject to the tough-on-crime policy she's helped to promote Hillary's subtly interested in. There you go, my friends. That ends this edition of the Constitutional Crusader Show. Until next week, unless the creek rises or they come and take me away again, my fellow Americans, keep your powder dry. heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. have been
denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Folks, and welcome once again to another edition of the Contenders for the Faith radio broadcast. I am Pastor Anthony Grissy, broadcasting to you live this May the 4th, about five minutes after the top of the hour, 2015. Yes, this is live. Yep. You'd almost think it was not with all the ribbing Frank's giving me, but uh, it's to be expected. You miss a couple shows, and uh, you are in big trouble. Well, uh, I should say I am in big trouble. But uh, 
for all of that, we had a successful turkey hunt. And uh, so, I'm, you know, I, I can't complain, folks. I really can't complain. Got to spend a week and a half hunting with my two boys, uh, chasing uh, the Merriman turkey out in the, uh, the forests of the grand state of Arizona. And uh, while I couldn't, couldn't snag a turkey for my son Gideon, AJ was able to bust one, and uh, we had a blast, and it just uh, it was worth it. Of course, if we hadn't shot anything, it still would have been a blast. But uh, got a turkey in the freezer and uh, some feathers on the wall, and we are excited about it. Uh, folks, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to the Contenders for the Faith radio broadcast, and uh, we're a show that's dedicated to tackling controversy and conspiracy directly related to Christianity. And we do all this from a biblical perspective because we believe the Bible is our final authority in all matters of faith and practice. <laughs> Even when it comes to hunting, folks, um, we think the Bible is the final authority in that. We think you ought to go hunting. But, uh, and we did have a good time, man, I'll tell you that. We had a good time. But anyway, folks, good to have you along with us tonight. We've got lots to talk about. And uh, no, I'm not stalling. I see Jason in the chat room, so I have to wonder if the main tower brain power is on the air with me. Jason, are you there? Okay, so I don't hear him yet, but uh, he will be on in just uh, a few minutes or so. And of course, I hear that he's done a great job uh, filling in for uh, me by himself. And uh, oh, so his Skype got hacked. Well, I guess that happens. Okay, well, thank you, Frank, for that uh, little bit of information. And uh, But anyways, I uh, hear that Jason did a great job, always does a great job. We've been broadcasting together for years and years, and it works out when something comes up and uh, one is able to fill in for the other or just take the show while the other one's away. So um, grand time out here in Arizona. The weather's just balmy, folks, and uh, the devil has been – doing his utmost and uh, we're praising the lord that the devil lets us know how close he really is um yeah it's just it's a blessing so we're getting a few attacks out here but that's okay uh the lord still reminds us that he's on the throne and he continues to work in our lives and we praise the lord for all of his victories and while our show dedic is dedicated to tackling controversy and conspiracy our biggest thing is to exalt the holy name of jesus christ to exalt his precious word and to exalt our Heavenly Father. And if we fail to do so on this show, then uh, we apologize, because ultimately he's to get the glory. Look, guys, we're not perfect, but I'll tell you this right now. I know someone who is, and I know a book that is, and that, of course, is the old King James Bible. And we hold on to that. Um, and we, we hold on to that for everything we're worth. I mean, you know, it amazes me that that bothers people. To say that you believe there is a book out there that's perfect. A Bible, that is. That's perfect. It is amazing to me how that bothers people so much. You tell them, well, we, we use one Bible, and we love it, and we believe it's perfect from cover to cover, and they laugh. They think that we're narrow-minded. They think that we're haters. They don't even have to hear a word that we preach. They just can't stand the idea that we believe there's something perfect. And, and I have to say, um, why would that be a threat to anyone out there? You say, well, I've been studying my Bible, and I came across so many problems. I, I, I don't think it's perfect. Listen, I'm going to tell you this right now, folks. If in your studies of the Bible, 
you came away. Now listen, if you truly are asking God to open your eyes as you read the Bible, like David said to do so, open thou mine eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. If you're doing that, I promise you, you're not going to read the Bible and walk away saying, well, that's not perfect. That's simply not going to happen. Because the Bible says over and over that its words are pure words. They're per- In fact, you study that Bible, you're not going to come away with this anger against anyone that believes it's perfect and follows this book. You, you couldn't possibly come away with that attitude. The only way you come away with some sort of an angst against a belief in the book to be perfect, the King James Bible to be perfect, is if someone has already influenced you in that area. I'm just going to tell you that straight up. How, how can you come away from reading these words? The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in the furnace of earth. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord. Thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. Or how about this? Every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. How do you come away with, well, there ain't no perfect Bibles out there. I'll tell you what, I've got an imperfect Bible right now. You're not going to come away with that attitude. You had to have been taught that. Or you've caved into peer pressure. It's as simple as that. You're trying to please some group of people out there that don't like the idea that there's one Bible. They'd rather not have anything perfect out there and be allowed to use whatever they want than the idea that there is a perfect Bible. Think about that. They'd rather not have any perfect Bible at all and just use whatever they want. And the bottom line is not that they're seeking for truth. They just want whatever they want. That's what it comes down to. If you've got one book, this is, this is why the evolutionists hate the Bible to begin with. If you've got one book that's true, if it is true, then you're going to be held accountable to that one book. But it is an absolute cop-out to suggest that there's nothing perfect. Say, why? Well, whatever opposes you, you could just simply fall back on the, well, that's not translated correctly. You say, well, I don't do that, and I don't believe there's a perfect Bible. Well, let me just say this. All right? You may not do it, but the fact is you could. A person who believes that book from cover to cover and believes every word is what God wanted to be there, he could not. There's no ulterior motive there. can't say, well, I, I, I just translated incorrectly. The scholars, you know, they agreed that that word shouldn't have been there. We can't do that. We, in fact, by believing that book to be perfect, we have something we can trust in other than man. And how is that a problem? Think about that for just a moment. How is that a problem? That person told me this a while back. said, well, you know, um, if you're King James only, then you'll turn away all the people that don't use the King James from your church. Listen, if, if you truly love the Word, and you used an NIV, or you use, say, <clears throat> I don't know, a Good News for Modern Man, why would it bother you if I used the King James only? 
And how would that turn you away? Unless, of course, there's something not right on your end. Because why would you ask? Why would you ask somebody? Well, you you need to accept all Bibles. Why would you ask somebody who's who comes to the conclusion that one Bible is right to just let that go and accept that all Bibles are imperfect and accept everybody's Bible and just go with the flow? Why would you ask them to do that unless there's an ulterior motive, a fleshly motive? It's true, folks. There is a fleshly motive here. The threat of one Bible should not be there. We should be thankful for one. Amen? And I always tell people this, and I know this sounds like, uh, you know, it doesn't sound like a good argument. But I always say this, I'd rather, if I'm going to stand before God, I'd rather be accused of believing his book too much than not believing it enough. They say, well, what's more important to you? How a person lives or what Bible they use? Good question. That is a good question. And I'm going to tell you this. What's more important to me is whether or not a few verses are missing out of your life as opposed to a few verses missing out of your Bible. That's true. Say, how could you take a stand like that if you believe that book is 100% perfect? Because the Bible teaches me that. The Bible teaches that our life is what affects the validity of the book. Now listen, the book is valid, but if you live a rotten life, you can literally cause people to blaspheme the Word of God. Think about that for just a moment. The book that you believe to be perfect... Say, well, you know, if that's perfect and it's quick and powerful and so on and so forth, then it certainly doesn't need my life to prove it. That's not Scripture. The truth is, if you read Titus chapter 2, an ungodly life will cause people to blaspheme the book. They'll mock the book. So yes, I'd have to say, that I would rather know that there are no verses missing in my life. And I'd be more concerned about that than whether or not your Bible is missing a few verses. And to that, I, I should get a hearty amen out of everybody. You know, the more I study this book, the more I study this book, the more I realize how little we truly respect it, even though we believe it's the perfect Word of God. It's truth, folks. When, when, when and, and I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself, I, I wanted, uh, I was hoping Jason would be on the air with us. We could discuss this together. If he gets it together, then we'll be on the air. If not, then I'll just keep going. And doing a study of just simply the word doctrine and what appeals to people is doctrine today. It, it appeals to people to hear doctrine. They, they, want, they want to know teaching. But a lot of times what people want, the reason why people want to know teaching is not necessarily in order to apply it to one's life as much as to have arguments to throw out against somebody that opposes their lifestyle or is, a, is an offense to them. And that doesn't matter if it's a, a false religion or your own brother in Christ. 
A lot of people learn things just so they can have some sort of uh, am- ammunition to combat those that they disagree with. And that's simply not what the Scriptures were meant for. It's simply not what the Scriptures were meant for, folks. The Scriptures were meant to change our lives. I mean, the Bible says, For the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. This book's existence is to read our minds, practically, to stay ten steps ahead of us and be that convicting force to change our lives. Oh, sir, yes, you have to use it as a sword, and there's a time where you're going to have to combat with it. There's no doubt about it. But that book ought to be changing your life. If it's not changing your life, then there's something wrong. So well, I want other, my, my life's just fine. I want to change everybody else's lives. Well, then you didn't get that book. You didn't get it. Because you can't exhaust something that is inexhaustible. If it's inexhaustible, that, there's something always in that book that'll change your life. There's something that will work in your heart and mind. And because we are ourselves are fleshly, we ourselves are sinners, we're having to combat the flesh all the time. That book is there as a constant reminder. You've got to change. He said it's a mirror in James. It's a mirror. It's a reflection. It lets you know what you really are. So you don't come off thinking, ah, I'm a lot better than I thought. <clears throat> But you really are not. In studying the word doctrine, folks, um, I come to an interesting conclusion. That there is doctrine, and then there is sound doctrine. Doctrine and sound doctrine. Now, I'm not saying that the doctrine of the Word of God in any way is unsound. But Paul specifically deals with sound doctrine four times in the Word, and 50 times the Word is found in the Bible, doctrine. But only four does sound doctrine show up, the phrase sound doctrine. And in all four times, you're going to see it is pointing towards how we live our life. Titus chapter 2, for example. It's how we live our life. It's how we ought to change in our everyday Christian life as opposed to, quote-unquote, theology. Think about this for just a moment, folks. If you look at Titus chapter 2, he said, Speak thou the things which become sound doctrine, that the aged men be what? Grave, sober, temperate, and the aged women, so on and so forth. All of these are character traits. Younger women love their husbands, love their wives, that the word of God be not blasphemed, love their wives. Excuse me. <laughs> Sorry. Well, it's that time, you know, that, 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 that time in society. Everything's changed, right? Supreme Court's trying uh, going to come up with a ruling as to uh, uh, husbands and wives. <laughs> but no, women are to love their children and love their husbands and to be keeper at home and obedient to their own husbands. He said if you're not any of those things, you'll cause the word of God to be blasphemed. He didn't say whether or not you're pre-trib or post-trib. It's interesting. In fact, all four times, none of that stuff is dealt with. Now, it's not that it isn't dealt with in the Word of God, but in relation to sound doctrine, which the Bible says people will not be able to endure. Why? Because it counters the lust of their flesh. 2 Timothy chapter 4. Think about that. And yes, LT, you're right. 
the, de- the definition of doctrine is generally whatever is taught. All right? So anything can be a doctrine. Now, we know that when it comes from the book, that it's good doctrine. All right? It's solid doctrine. But Paul gets our hearts and minds where it's supposed to be. That is sound doctrine. And sound doctrine changes our lives. Yeah, sound doctrine is not a bad music group either. I know. I would, get out of town. What do you know about <laughs> yeah, you've, you've You've hated sound doctrine ever since they you heard their song the first time. No, but you know what? Gary Duty has done some great songs. Um, I yes, have no idea has. what you've been talking about because apparparently my Skype account <laughs> has the password changed on it. So anyway, I'm on the air now. Uh, continue right. on. I'll try to add. I don't know something. Anyway, I'm glad I'm on. The <laughs> what, what, wait a minute. What happened? What, what What happened to your Skype? I don't know. Somebody changed my password on me, and so I couldn't get into any of my Skype accounts on any ah. of my computers. So. Ah well, it happens. That's okay. You're on the air now, and that's all that matters. Hey, before we continue on, let's just take a moment. Tell folks about the um, uh, the. Uh, uh, Lordship Conference coming up, the ELC oh, okay. Conference. Yeah, yeah. Let everybody got know about Lordship that. Lordship ELC Conference coming up. Yeah, dates, man. Oh, dates. Oh, 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 okay. Yeah, June June the eighth through the eleventh. Now, if you want to get in contact with me, uh, I will get you in contact with my pastor to see if there's still room available. If you want to come out to the meetings here in Union City, Indiana. It'll be June 8th through the 11th. We're going to have a whole bunch of speakers. You definitely want to be here. And I had the I, I heard a rumor that there might be a certain Italian talk radio show host that might actually make it out here this year. Is that true? Yeah. I'm I'm going to do everything I can to fly out. Praise so. the Lord. That's a, that's yeah. great news. But uh, uh, if we're going to have details coming up on the Lordship uh, Churches dot info website. That's the Ecclesiastical Law Center's website lordshipchurches.info and uh, so you want to check there there is a small banner up there that gives the dates for the conference but we're still a month out and so there's still some time to make some arrangements to be here all right so folks you want you want to go if you can if you're in the midwest and i know a lot of our listeners are in the midwest uh, you want to be a part of this meeting um, hosts like pastor mike hoover will be there as well including uh, jason burton uh, pastor keith hoover and many other great speakers uh, will be there and if you're interested in that lordship position that uh, we have been man we have been um, we've been touting this for since we started on the air jason that's right 11 uh, years now yeah 11 church this month. 11 years unbelievable yes, Church should be under the lordship of Jesus Christ and not the state. And, uh, folks, if you're interested in that type of thing, or, hey, maybe uh, you have a pastor that doesn't quite understand the issue, uh, pay his way out there. Fly him out to the meetings. Let him, uh, you know, we'll, t- we'll, we'll, we'll figure out a place to put him, and I'll tell you what, God will bless him. Because uh, the, these meetings have, have always been a help to me. And uh, so be a part of this, June 8th through the 11th. Hey, well, Jason, I've got to ask you. Go ahead. Sometimes uh, these types of meetings, not ours, of course, but sometimes these turn out to be just like basically political rallies and everybody oh, is uh, is striving to be the big personality in the room. Yeah, and all right. Of that. You know what? In the past four years that I've been able to come to the ELC meeting, there hasn't been any of that, and it's been so refreshing. And so yeah. uh, you were talking about people sending their pastor out. They would feel welcome. <laughs> we would absolutely love to have them out here. They'd have a great yeah. time. And uh, and so, yeah, definitely do that. 
Amen. Amen. So, folks, encourage you to be a part of that. And just go to the website, uh, lordshipchurches.info, and you can get everything you need as far as that is concerned. Jason, I was talking a little bit about doctrine and sound doctrine. And in my study of doctrine, I was surprised to find that only four places does the phrase sound doctrine show up in the Word of God. And in all four places, it's directly related to Christian living. Even in 2 Timothy 4, where it's simply in reference to those that can endure it. But they can't endure it, so what they do is they heap to themselves, based on their own lusts, uh, teachers having itching ears. So they bring about their own teachers based on their own choosing, and their choice, or the foundation of their choice, was based on the lusts of the flesh, which of course are not of the Father. And these, these lusts, of course, again, refer back to Christian living. Jason, the more yeah. I study this, the more I see that you know, it's it's not the five fundamentals of the faith that are making us distinct, distinctive in this society. It's not the fact that we believe Jesus Christ was born of a virgin, or that salvation is by grace through faith, or um, that Jesus Christ is coming back, or, I mean, we can list uh, uh, doctrine after doctrine, or uh, the Bible is our final authority. These things really are not a divider in our society. It's that sound doctrine that Paul deals with in Titus 2 that people just can't endure. Well, and there are a number of things that, are, that really go in with that lust of the flesh. It's not necessarily just the, you know, when it's talking about uh, uh, lust in a, in a way that is physically immoral or anything sure. like that. There are, there are other lusts that these people heap upon themselves, teachers having itching ears. Um, for instance, a, a lust for uh, prominence. Or, or a position such as uh, yeah, the yeah. Diotrephes had, you know, or was seeking. And, uh, and so there are those things as well. And, and what that does is it really pulls somebody off of that sound doctrine. And, and they st- when, once a person starts to seek, seek teachers that will just give them what they want to hear, then they're uh-huh. in a really, really bad place because then they're, they're basically they are being their own counselors. So they're saying, these people say what I agree with, therefore those are the only ones I'm going to listen to. And then you're not, you're not getting any uh, real feedback as to what your spiritual state is through the teaching that you're listening to. Well, it, it, listen, you, you, this is just practical Bible advice, folks. You don't, you don't sit under a pastor that's living the same life that, you, that, that, that you're living. You want a pastor that's trying to strive to live according to the book and is willing to preach whatever he sees in the book. You're not looking for someone to say what you want to hear. You want them to say what your flesh doesn't want to hear. Otherwise, you'll never grow. I, you know, I, I told people, you, you don't want your pastor to be your quote-unquote drinking buddy. Well, I'm not, I'm not going to that church because that preacher preaches against beer or, you know, he preaches against this and that. I need somebody that's just like me. You know, the only thing that you want in common with the man of God is the fact that he's a sinner just like you, but you want him seeking God's face on a regular basis. All right? You don't, this is so vital. Guys, if, if we don't have somebody getting to where we're at in the pew and where, where, we, need, where we need to change, we'll never grow. And this is what Paul warns Timothy about. He said the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but they're going to choose people based on their own lust, whether it be for power, prominence, or just for pleasure. The point is, is they're going to choose a preacher that will justify those things in their life. All right, folks, this is the Contenders for the Faith radio broadcast. Stay tuned through the break. But before 
uh, the break is over just right now. If you're not in there already, go into that chat room. That's at theamericanvoice.com. Give yourself a super secret identity like Italiano 2, Pastor Mike, LT, Andrew, Wayfarer, that's me, Frank, and Uncle Nick. And uh, you'll appreciate the conversation that goes on in there. Stay tuned through the break. We've got a lot more coming up right after this.
$199. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Centers for the Faith Radio Broadcast. I am Jason Burton, broadcasting out of Union City, Indiana, and of course, with me in the big squeaky chair, having just come off of his turkey safari, flanked by the Cedars of Lebanon with the Library of Alexandria behind him, and the only megachurch located in Payson, Arizona, is Pastor <laughs> Anthony Garissi. And <laughs> good to have you yes. back on the show. Yeah, it's um, good to be here. Those of have joined us for the past three months, I mean the past three weeks or so, uh, I would like to introduce you to Pastor Anthony Garissi. Welcome back. Yes, 
Thank you. Thank you very much. Mega church pastor and all. Yes. <laughs> the irony of that one. But anyways, yeah. Good to be back. <laughs> so, so, so sorry we were gone. Lots of things going on, but uh, God is blessing, and uh, we praise the Lord for His blessings. Hey, we we had a turkey, and from what I hear, man, turkeys are hard to get, and we got one, and that's all that matters. So, praise the Lord. At least, at least we got one in the freezer and on the wall, and uh, it was a successful hunt. And that they're regards. not so hard to get. Turkeys oh, are whatever. So Come on. Well, they're not. You just go up to the big barn where there's about 2,000 in there. They're all white. But, uh, you know, you just grab one out and bring them home. The turkeys aren't all that hard to get. Oh, I can't. It's, it's even easier. You just go to the grocery store and just, you know, pull it right out of the freezer, it's right? already plucked. Yeah. See? Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm talking about. Hey, I asked you this uh, a couple of weeks ago. I'm not sure if it was on the air or not. Probably not. But uh, uh, just out of curiosity, what did you pay per pound for that turkey? Uh, well, let's see here. Let me think about it. Okay, so, <laughs> yeah, as far as not working that whole week, um, yeah, man, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to give you a hard time. Am I doing a good job? Yeah, you're – no, actually, because the experience is priceless. And to be able to be out with my sons, it doesn't get any better than that. So I would gladly Absolutely. pay that and more. I, I would gladly pay it and more. Amen. And no, I don't have a freezer on the wall. I have a turkey in the freezer and feathers on the wall is what I said in the first half of the show. There you go. I'll clarify. But uh, anyways, uh, Jason, before we get back <clears throat> to the topic of the hour, I, I just have to comment on this this article on uh, Drudge Report. Um, did, you, you, you saw the uh, – you, you read about the, um, the terrorist shooting in, in Texas? Uh, a Muslim terrorist, I guess. Guy j- decides to unload another one, and uh, yeah. the guy, they, yeah, yeah, two guys, I think it was, and both of them said, you know, we might as well go to heaven. Yeah, we're, we're going to go to heaven anyway, so we might as well go ahead and, you know, shoot it out and get there faster. Which, by the way, that's another evidence that this is not of God, because there's nowhere, no example of believers doing anything of that sort in the Word of God. But it says this is uh, this is the article, um, Texas. Fears ISIS. No. <laughs> That's what it says. If I were a Texan, I'd be absolutely infuriated. Come on. Or, I, it was yeah. a, uh, the, what, a, what a terrorist attack, right? They got some guy nicked in the leg. He was out of the hospital a little later in the night. And the two terrorists that attacked, they were dead. <laughs> yeah. Kind well, of, it's kind of, kind of not, you know, not, not a successfully implemented uh, terrorist attack by ISIS. No. I would say nice try, but it wasn't even a nice try. Why would you make your first place you attack in the continental United States, the Dallas-Fort Worth area? Well, I, I, it's, it's unbelievable to me. I, I said it wrong. It says ISIS fear in Texas. Guys, I, I doubt there truly is fear in Texas over the terrorists. I think a lot of the guys in Texas are probably just loading up a little bit more, you know? Oh, oh yeah? Sure. <laughs> Cowboys and Muslims, right? <laughs> oh man, that that was just funny to me. ISIS fears in Texas. Come on, man. Texas ain't nobody afraid of ISIS in Texas. For crying out, it's, it's almost like saying ISIS fear in uh, the state of Arizona. No, man, we're just loading up, looking for them. Um, but anyway, you, yeah, you don't by count the way, ISIS all from any brains. The southern border. Hey, by the yeah. way, did you see the article that says that China has passed up Mexico for the largest 
numbers of people coming into the United States. Really? Yes. I, I read it Illegally? earlier today. I do not have the article in front of me, but that's definitely something to check out. I'll tell you what, the world scene is changing right now. You can see how it's all kind of coming into place as far as the end time scenario goes. Sure. And people will say, oh, it's just, it'll always be that way. Well, whatever. You know, the Bible tells us how it ends. And so as we watch the wars and rumors of wars, hey, wait a second, there's a clue for you. It's interesting uh-huh. to see how this world's coming together. Yes, well, you know, the Bible says in Acts, uh, I believe it's Acts 20, where it talks about God hath made of one blood all people, all nations. And then he says, but he determined the bounds of their habitation. Well, man has broken those boundaries, and the the more unified man becomes, the closer we get to a, an Antichrist. So, in truth, um, the Scriptures clearly teach us that unity does not bring a good thing to our society. All right? Um, the perfect example is the Tower of Babel. God split it up. And the reason why is because they, they would stay faithful to God. He didn't want to have to destroy the earth again. And we're seeing it now where there is no boundaries that the world is becoming more and more amalgamated. And, well, it uh, is. But don't you notice that the violence is becoming more and more as well? So That's it's right. interesting, as they do away with the country barriers, that the sure. nations are actually fighting more than they ever have in history. Um, yep. I would say, well, I would say with the exception of the world wars, and, uh, you know, there may be some other exceptions. I'm sure there are some armchair historians out there that will say, oh, my goodness, I can't believe you just said that. But Matthew 24, 7 says, For nations shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. Nepal. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Here we go. Even yep. as the world's falling apart, the, uh, the plan of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is coming together. It really is. And um, the mindset of society is for the one world or a unified utopia. And again, it's just, it's, and the Bible predicted this. The Bible predicted that the world would be crying for peace, and of course that'll set the stage for the Antichrist. Now all of this stuff, Jason, is, it is, it's interesting, it's, it's neat to study, it's neat to grow on, I, I, I enjoy every bit of it. But back to our topic in the first half of the show, it doesn't scratch the surface to sound doctrine. And I'm not saying that it's not... Uh, it's bad doctrine in any way, shape, or form. No, not at all. All right? Seeing the signs of the times, and even predicting the times, of the, uh, the signs of the times, which, by the way, we really aren't doing. All we're doing is just following the scriptures, and the scriptures are clearly laying it out for us, and we just get to see it. All right? But the signs of the time, as neat as it is, is not our sole focal point. No, it's not as far as the scriptures are concerned. And yet we're seeing people, Jason, they, they won't attend church if the pastor doesn't align up with them on end times prophecy. In fact, end times prophecy has become probably the, um, the dividing line for much of Christendom these days. People throwing back, throwing back and forth these, well, you're a cult, you're a cult, and you're lazy, you're irresponsible because you don't believe this about, you know, the Antichrist, and, and we think the Antichrist is here, you disagree, so therefore you've got to be a heretic, and so on and so forth. We're beating each other's brains in, uh, spiritually speaking, 
on these topics, which the Bible does talk about, and yet Paul says, as I said in the first half of the show, in only four places does he deal with sound doctrine, and sound doctrine doesn't deal necessarily with end times prophecy. And I mean, not necessarily, going, but but sound doctrine is going to in, include, of course, uh, the things of the end. Um, it, it does not sound doctrine mean essentially the full counsel of God. In other words, what is revealed to us in a scripture. Well, or, absolutely. Or is There's he no talking about, about there? Is he talking about there more of the basic uh, doctrines of the Bible, including salvation, the church, and and things like that. Well, in reference, in what is black and white, all right? Not seeing, and as I said in the first half of the show, we definitely do not discount any doctrine in the Word of God. Doctrine is doctrine. But in only four places does he deal with the phrase sound doctrine, and it's all in reference to Christian living. It's all in how we are living the life since we have put our faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, when you study Jesus Christ's uh, teaching in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, all three of those chapters deal with specifically practical Christian living. No, no theology. And again, theology is a dividing line, no doubt about it, and it needs to be taught. But he's dealing with Christian living. If a man lusts after a woman in his heart, he committed adultery already, you know, it's better to cut your hand off uh, if it offends you than to go into hell um, whole. Uh, you know, it's um, don't do your alms before men. Uh, d- don't fast uh, with your face twisted up, uh, and so on and so forth. Judge not, lest you be judged. All three of those chapters are dealing with, with Christian living, practical Christian living. And the Bible says that the people were amazed at his doctrine. They were astonished at his doctrine because the Pharisees, when they would teach it, they had no authority behind them. They taught it as suggestions. They taught it with ulterior motives, whereas Jesus Christ had none of those things. And they were astonished at his doctrine. Christian living is doctrine, and Paul calls it sound doctrine. Another example of this would be in Acts chapter 1. In Acts chapter 1, the disciples come to Jesus Christ and they said, when will be the sign of these things coming? Acts chapter 1, verses 5, 6, and 7. When, when is Israel restored? When are you coming back? You taught about this in Matthew 24. You taught about this. And all these things. When is this all going to happen? And the Lord Jesus Christ said, it's not for you to know the times. This is what I want you to do. Be a witness for me. In Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Um, and in the sister passage to that, Jason, would be in Second Timothy chapter two or chapter four, where he said that they would not endure sound doctrine. But the verse right after that, Paul teaches Timothy how to respond to their lack of endurance. He says, "Watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist." There we go. That's the ministry. That was the key of it, wasn't it, when he was talking to Timothy. Um, He knew that Timothy would reach those points in his ministry where he would be down or where uh, something might not happen that would would be good or whatever. But what was the way to to combat that? And I think that's what he provided there in 2 Timothy 4, for Timothy. Yeah, absolutely. But see, this is sound doctrine. 
Uh, Titus chapter 2 again. When we list all of these things that uh, Paul instructs Titus to teach the people about uh, husband, or, you know, wives loving their husbands, obedient to their own husbands, uh, aged women teaching the wives this to love their children, it's amazing how the Scriptures anticipated the n- lack of natural affection in women in the 21st century. And so he says, I want you to teach this sound doctrine, because if you don't teach this sound doctrine, it'll cause the Word of God to be blasphemed. And he he didn't say, well, if you don't teach the virgin birth, it'll cause the Word of God to be blasphemed. And if you don't teach uh, eternal security, and all these things were very vital, they're important. But he didn't bring any of those things up as called sound doctrine. He says, I want you to teach this. This will keep the Word of God from being blasphemed. And as I said before, Jason, we were talking earlier— when somebody, when we talk to people who won't go to church, they're not they're not skipping church because, well, your baptism wasn't exactly right, or you're you, you know or 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 you you believe the virgin birth. No, they skip church because some preacher ran off with a woman's you know or for, with another man's wife or stole the money or they saw a hypocrite in the church. It's Christian living. It's the bottom line is Christian living. It is, and uh, it's also the proper distinctions between men and women in the church, as you alluded to a little bit. I don't know if you read Titus chapter 2. It's kind of hard coming in halfway through the show, but that's all right. Uh, no, I did not read it. In verse 5, where it says that the women are be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, and all the women out there are going, Ah, no, don't read that verse. Yeah. Why? And the uh, last part of verse 5, that the word of God be not blasphemed. It is yep sound doctrine that men and women have the places that God put them, not only within the church, but also within their families. That sure. is where you really start to see unsound doctrines start to creep in, is when people are, and I'm gonna, it's going to sound haughty for me to say this, but it's not really, because a woman's place in many ways is far superior to the man's place. But when people step out of the proper role that God has given them to live, once they've done that, then anything's fair game, and you start to see the doctrine slip. You and I have seen this personally in yep. the lives of people, and we've seen how it has, uh, how it has n- when that started happening, when they stepped out of their proper roles, yes. then they started to go down a path of false doctrines where they left behind that sound doctrine and finally went and found a teacher that was willing to tell them what they were wanting to hear. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, you know, um, in my experience, and you, uh, you, you, you know this, but in my experience, um, there's no quicker way for a pastor to be done in the ministry than to have a wife that's out of the will of God, all right, or out of her place. It's just it, you're done. That ministry is over oh. because it's just it's it's yeah. just a matter of time. And it's the same thing. Absolutely. Most of the people that leave churches today, usually, it's a woman out of place. And I'm not knocking the woman because oftentimes the man's not a man either. Right. And I mean, we, it's just and right there. That as you know? well. Absolutely. Um, to where the families are, where, where a woman maybe just for bare survival because her husband is such a, you know, a slob, has to step out of her place in order to have her children fed, for instance. Sure. In which case it produces a, 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 an environment that God never intended within the home. And then it becomes open for that false doctrine to come in. Now, people may say, oh, that is not true. A false doctrine doesn't come in when men and women are disobedient about where God has put them in the family. I disagree wholeheartedly. 
Because if you don't have those distinctions within the home to begin with, that shows what kind of respect you have for the Word of God, which is none, because you're willing to throw out even the basic things of the Word of God, where women are to be chaste and keepers at home, and men are to love their wives as Christ loved the church. Yep, absolutely. Well, just just that phrase, keepers at home and obedient to their own husbands, well, that shoots down a lot of what women are doing today. And I'll tell you guys, listen, here's the thing. It's not that a woman can't handle the workplace. It's, it's, why should she want to? Oh, and what my wife is, would be so much more competent in, in a career than I am. Uh, <laughs> I know that from, from a fact before we were married. She, uh, she held a very good job, and uh, she would have no problem doing that. But in order to keep the proper order in the home, that, that order has to be followed. Scripture has to be followed. Absolutely. It is of Absolutely. utmost importance. Well, you take a woman that gets out of her place, and, and please, ladies, understand, we, we, we're, not, uh, we're not thumping on you. We're just, we're just looking at the Scriptures. She goes off to the workplace. She goes and takes on everything that God never intended for her to take onto her shoulders. Then she's got to come home and have a happy home life, and then let's put on top of that serving Christ. By the time Christ gets brought into the picture. She's worn out, too tired. The husband doesn't want her unhappy, and therefore, well, you know, we're just not going to be in church today. Or we're not going to be able to do that for God because, you know, we're just too worn out. And it was never God's intention for that to be. God has a place for the man. God has a place for the woman. God has a place for the aged woman. She's to be teaching. She's to be teaching the younger women how to do these things. The aged man, he's supposed to be living a grave, corrupt, uh, uncorrupted life. Even the younger men, he says, exhort to be sober-minded. Uh, before he even gets to doctrine, Jason, he says, young men likewise exhort to be sober-minded, all things showing thyself a pattern of good works. Then he goes into doctrine showing uncorruptness, gravity, and sincerity, sound speech that cannot be condemned. But he starts with the pattern of good works. It's, 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 this, it's, it's not a new thing that I've discovered. It's just, I, you know, God opened my eyes to something here. Now, guys, listen, all the listeners, just, just for a moment. If this starts to nag on you a little bit, then maybe you've fallen into the category of 2 Timothy chapter 4, where you can't endure what Paul calls sound doctrine. Listen, if we talked about something political, you'd get excited. If we talked about who you shouldn't vote for, or even who you should vote for. Listen, if we started on that alone, Jason, you talk about listening ship. They'd come in here, oh man, that guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Vote for Cruz? No, those two idiots, they don't know what they're talking about. Vote for Hillary? You guys don't know. But boy, it would get you listening, wouldn't it? If we started talking <laughs> about pre-trib as opposed to post-trib rapture, you talk about people diving in, Jason. I mean, they, they want in on this one. They're going to set us straight. Uh, you, you, you rapture cult guys, you know, you're, you, you'd be all over us on this. Even though we live faithfully for God and uh, we, 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 you know, we, we live according to the Word of God, doesn't matter. We, we, can't, we get that wrong, they're after our heads. All right? But we get into Christian living and the, the dial goes down. Why? Because we're getting where their heart is, we're getting what really matters. How you handle your finances? Do you love your wife? Uh, are you in church faithfully? Are you, are you doing the work of an evangelist? Are you preaching Christ? Well, yeah, where do you stand on the rapture? Yeah, are you preaching Christ? Are you preaching the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you have a happy home? Are you walking with God? Do you have peace in your home? Why not? Sound doctrine. 
That's what it is. Sound well, doctrine. The, the fact is, God has laid it out in the Word of God as to how, I mean, if you want the successful Christian living or something, you know, that's being preached now, it's not feeling good about yourself. It's following the Word of God for what it says. The Bible tells us that as men, we have to teach our families. We have to take care of our families. We're worse than an infidel if we don't provide for our families, and so we have to do that. The Bible teaches that women are to be keepers at home. They are to be in the home running it. The Proverbs 31 woman had a lot of things to do outside the home, but related to the home. We talk about this type of practical Christian living, and people start to say, you know what, well, I'm just going to do it the way that I want to do it. And the fact is, you have shown by how you live as to whether or not you take Scripture seriously. Where do we learn about heaven and hell? Where do we learn about Christianity? Where do we learn about Jesus Christ? It's from the Word of God. If you're going to start taking and cherry-picking and start (laughs) throwing out different parts of the Word of God because it makes you uncomfortable, you're no Christian. You're not a follower of God because you're not following His Word. And it's just that simple. I hate to hate to kind of be blunt and mean that way, but it's true. It is true. It is true. It's sound doctrine. It's sound doctrine, and the Bible says the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. Guys, yeah, you know what? It wouldn't surprise yeah. me if we were already there. Well, uh, no, we we are there. There's no question about it, guys. Politi- politics is not sound doctrine. It's not there. It really isn't. And much of the things that get talked about does not fall into the category that the Bible says is sound doctrine. So what can we endure? And and listen, it's not to say that um, <clears throat> if you get the right heart that it will all be easy. You know, oh, I love to hear that kind of preaching. No, 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 I'll just sit here and just eat it up. Not always. It is an endurance sometimes. Because it's dealing with our flesh. It doesn't make you ungodly because you might, you know, you're having a fight in the flesh over what you're hearing as opposed to what you're living. But he said you'll endure it. And if you can endure it, then you've put your flesh over God. You put it over God. And you will fail. I promise you. All right, well. Melissa Roxanne comes up next with New World Order Info. You don't want to miss it. We're done for tonight. People are going, whew, that was tough to endure. We'll see you next week, folks. God bless you.
American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149. $49.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971 when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Kansas that helps the victims of this banker's economy, the American people. 
your neighbors. The mission is the last hope for so many Americans. We need your help to lift up the poorest of the poor. These are men, women, and children who once had homes, now in the street. They all need what you need. First aid, beds, food, clothing, and so on. You can send a monetary gift or a box of necessities to 230 West 4th Street, Florence, Kansas, 66851. Or donate online by going to com, Or simply call 316-619-4886. 'Cause I'm missing you. I'm still alright to smile. Girl, I think about you every day now. Was a time when I wasn't sure, but you set my mind at ease. There is no doubt you're in my heart now. Woman, take it slow and work yourself out fine. All we need is just a little patience. Let sugar make it slow and we come together fine. All we need is just a
Welcome to New World Order Info. I'm your host, Melissa Roxanne, and you're listening to me on TheAmericanVoice.com. You can also go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and check out all the different ways to listen to AVR. And you can find our news feeds by scrolling down that page. You can see where people listen from all over the world and visit our website by scrolling down the page as well. And there's a globe there where you can check out where the latest people are coming from. And you can see the red dots on the globe to see where we have listeners and people that visit our website, etc. So check that out. They only show up for five minutes when the actual location appears on the globe. But uh, anyway, you can get an idea there. And there's people from all over the world, so we do thank all the listeners from everywhere. And so 
You can see how to come to the chat room. Just look for the link that says chat. And, um, you know, you can go to the chat room. I'm not getting in there because I can't even get my computer working. So <laughs> until I do, I'm not in there. But um, anyway, so there's all that. And let's see. So um, I know that I've been giving sharing some websites with you. One of them is DrYourself.com and that's an excellent site for health information. So you should check that out. That's the website of Dr. Andrew W. Saul and um, you know he has really good health information, a lot of information about vitamin C. He's a big vitamin C proponent. So to get to his website, you can go to DrYourself.com, and that's spelled out D-O-C-T-O-R-Y-O-U-R-S-E-L-F, DrYourself.com. And you can search his website using Google and find all kinds of information out about vitamin C. So that's a good site if you want to learn more about vitamin C. That is a site that I would definitely, you know, recommend because, you know, there's a conspiracy against vitamin C and especially vitamin C, but, you know, a lot of vitamins. But, um, you know, anything other than the big pharma drugs that the, you know, big pharma corporations and the powers that be and the allopaths push, um, so they're going to lie about things like vitamin C, you know, and other vitamins and you know, they're going to keep the recommended daily allowance, dietary allowance, et cetera. They're going to keep that at very low numbers for all the vitamins and for vitamin C because they don't want anybody to to be healthy, to be well, you know, to get well if they're not well or they're not healthy or they're deficient in vitamin C or other vitamins. They want to keep them sick. So they're going to lie basically you know they're going to put out a bunch of lies in the media and so are the doctors you know and if you ask them you know about vitamin c or maybe things you've heard me say or you've read or whatever um and they are not gonna just like alan smith you know they wanted to murder in my opinion that man which it would have been i believe had they taken him off of life support and he died which you know, unless there was a miracle or something, he probably would have. But um, that was a man in New Zealand that had so many things wrong with him. And after his family, you know, just had to fight tooth and nail to get him vitamin C, the doctors just wanted to take him off life support. They put him in a coma. And, and you know, he, had, he was diagnosed with cancer, hairy cell leukemia. They said he had swine flu. And they also said that he had fluid in both of his lungs. So badly that they couldn't, you know, they were full of fluid so much they couldn't see the x-ray. So, you know, he, he had pneumonia really bad. And he had a deficiency of vitamin C. I believe he had scurvy. And that's what caused him to have bleeding from his ears. And I believe it was his ears and his nose, which is many times can be a sign that one has scurvy. And he himself and his wife and family, you know, they all say the vitamin C was his problem. That's what led to all the other things like the cancer, the H1N1 swine flu, and the pneumonia, and the bleeding problems because he was deficient on vitamin C. And vitamin C will heal pneumonia, 
and obviously it healed him of cancer. So there's a lot of people out there with cancer that use vitamin C to get healed. You know, they may not just use vitamin C, they may use other things. Some of them may just use vitamin C and they take quite large doses, you know. Um, a lot of them get the IV kind of vitamin C. And there's many, many ways, I believe, to heal oneself of cancer. But I would definitely be using vitamin C, you know, to pre both prevent it and if I ever got it. Now, I'm never going to go to a doctor and get diagnosed because I don't go to doctors. But if I thought I had it, you know, and I had the signs and symptoms of it, then, you know, I would be using even more vitamin C. But anyway, um, so, you know, there's sites out there and articles out there and phony things out there and lies about vitamin C. So that's why I'm just giving you some good sites to go to to find out what is the truth about vitamin C, you know. So that would be one of the good ones would be DrYourself.com. And so, like I say, you can just search that site for information on vitamin C and, um, some good things to read are, you know, things written by Linus Pauling, Dr. Linus Pauling. He wasn't a medical doctor, and he's no longer alive, but he was a brilliant chemist. And, um, you know, he had many different ex areas of expertise. And um, he was a huge proponent of vitamin C. And then there's his books that he wrote. He, he wrote some books, you know, regarding vitamin C and how to, how to, live longer and feel better and, you know, about uh, the common cold and vitamin C and things like that. And so those are good materials to refer to. Um, and then there's Dr. Irwin Stone is another good one. And that's a good name if you read anything written by him about vitamin C. Now, some of these people may have believed in evolution, things like that. I do not agree with that at all. But as far as the things I said about vitamin C, you know, I do. So, um, you know, a lot of them are scientists or were, things like that, and so they may have been deceived in certain areas, but I don't believe they were about vitamin C. Um, although they may not have known as much then as we do know now, and they may not have known about things like liposomal, lipospheric vitamin C because they just weren't around or maybe the powers that be, you know, knew about those and how to use those, but the the uh, populace did not know, nor did a lot of, you know, proponents and those using vitamin C on their patients that were big supporters of vitamin C. But anyway, there's still a lot of wonderful information from people like that that you can find out there. And trying to think some more. There's uh, Dr. Robert Cathcart is another one who, if if you read things he's written about vitamin C, I would definitely believe, you know, I would, I would trust his information, in other words. So that's another great, you know, proponent of vitamin C. And he was a doctor who did use, um, you know, vitamin C on his patients. And then there's Dr. Frederick Klinner, Dr. Fred I think it's R. Klinner. Um, he's another one that I would trust his information. So those are a few of the names. And there's also some good information on uh, vitamin C at, let's see, there is 
Um, ChrisBeatCancer.com is another one, and he has a lot of good health information in general. So that would be a good site to learn just about kind of alternative health in general. And he did beat his cancer using juicing and things like that. And um, he, I'm sure he's a, I've read on his site, he is a proponent of vitamin C and he has articles about it. So you can learn about different things on his site and, you know, how to be healthy by juicing and using vitamin C and how he healed his cancer and what he did and things like that. So that's a good site to check out. Chris Beat cancer.com and that's just C-H-R-I-S-B-E-A-T-C-A-N-C-E-R dot com. And these would be good to bookmark, you know, and if you miss them when I'm talking about them, you could always go back to the audio archives once they're uploaded to our, our audio archives, you know, on the website at theamericanvoice.com or americanvoiceradio.com. And then just look for New World Order Info. And then once the new show of mine is uploaded, then you can just, you know, listen again and pause it and and uh, go to those websites and then bookmark them in, on your computer. And there's life-saving information on these sites that I'm giving you. So I highly recommend that you do that, you know. It's up to you. I can't. I can lead a horse to water, but I can't make him drink. So I can give you these are life-saving, you know, information you know, with a wealth of information uh, on these websites, and I can tell you that, but unless you go check it out for yourselves, and, you know, and, and another thing, you always need to check with your own licensed medical practitioners, and uh, I have to legally say that, but, um, you know, and it's it's all about the individual, nothing works 100% of the time for every single person, and you may have reasons why you shouldn't do these things that I talk about, so based on your health and what kind of medications or medication you're taking or whatever the case may be. And really, drugs and herbal medicine should not be mixed together. So, you know, I do talk about herbal things, you know, a lot of the time and I have in the past. And and really, you know, it's a thing where you should decide, everybody should decide on their own, you know, and with talking to their doctors and doing the research as well, thorough research, um, you know, whether they're going to go the big pharma allopathic route or whether they're going to go, you know, the herbal route, et cetera. So, but, um, so these are some good sites I'm giving you, though, with good health information. And so those, those have a lot of good information. And then there is another just good health site in general um, is Healing Tools. Dot .tripod.com and yes it's a tripod site but it is jam packed full of wonderful health information and the same person that owns it owns curezone.com and that's Tom Harrelson and he's a big proponent of Dr. Richard Schultz the probably the top uh medical master herbalist in the country and renowned, you know, healer of who knows how many people, but that he saved their lives. But, um, you know, well, I believe our Heavenly Father saved their lives, but um, he helped them and advised them, and he got arrested many times. 
because he was healing people, you know, and he was going against the status quo and against what the, the allopaths wanted him to do, and he had nothing to do with the pharmaceutical drugs and things like that, and he was healing people with herbs and uh, different therapies, hot and cold, you know, uh, water and things like that, and, um, you know, cold sheet treatment and all kind of things, so, and, and juicing and, uh you know, eating clean and, and eating raw fruits and veggies and the juices of those and things like that. So, um, and many other things as well. And so that's another uh, good site to check out to get good information would be um, CureZone.com. And the same person owns, and that's C-U-R-E-Z-O-N-E. Com. The same person also owns the other site I mentioned, which is Healing, H-E-A-L-I-N-G, Tools, T-O-O-L-S, dot tripod, T-R-I-P-O-D, dot com. So that's Tom Harrelson. And anyway, he has really good information. When you go to healingtools.tripod.com, I would definitely bookmark that site and all these sites I'm telling you, and uh, it's up to you, but I would, and I have, <laughs> but I know them by heart, too. And uh, CureZone.com is another great one. So um, those are some good ones to bookmark. And then HealingTools.Tripod.com, there's like a drop-down menu on that that website. If you scroll down the page, there's like a little house, I believe, Um a little picture of a house and then he's got this little menu and you can go look alphabetically and then you can find you know a through h or whatever it is and then i through whatever letter stuff like that and then you can look for something easy that way on his website um, he's got great health info on there i can't say i agree with everything on every site or anything but you know for the most part, what I've seen, I do agree with it. And um, then the CureZone site is another good site. Um, and CureZone is a site where a lot of people post. So, you know, there is a lot of great information. But it is, since anybody can post on that site, it's something, you know, you definitely need to research everything you see, but in- including on that site because just random people post there, but they're pretty, you know, knowledgeable knowledgeable about health, um, most of them. Um, but anyway, that's just something to get you started, and then you can go further and look and do more further research, you know. Um, so you, you can't always trust what everyone says because, you know, nobody's going to be right all the time, and people are further along in health and, and learning about health and knowledge about it than others, some are, so you have to use it as a starting point. Anyway, I'll probably give you some more after the break, so we'll be right back with more on New World Order Info on AVR. Don't go anywhere.
studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Since the beginning of the United States, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $140. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System.
Welcome back to New World Order Info. I'm Melissa Roxanne, and you're listening to me on TheAmericanVoice.com. You can also go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and check out all the different ways to listen to AVR, also known as AVRN. And I am in the chat room now, and I got my computer working, so... Uh, it was just one of those uh, little things that was a problem. My USB, um, I forget what you call it, but the little thingy that you plug your flash drives into, it had come unplugged. So um, it's got like four different places, I think, to plug them in, and that was the problem. So I found it right away when I had a chance to look and plugged it in. So then I'm in the chat room now. And so is Frank <laughs> and some other people. So, a lot of lurking going on in there, I think. But uh, I have been in there some of the day today, um, a little bit, talking to some people and sharing some really great information like we always do. And uh, I don't think, I, I don't have it right here in front of me. We'll probably talk about it Wednesday, but uh, they passed a bill in Oregon um, and it's go- going to the governor, and she's going to sign it. Um, and it's about, you know, it's basically about you're having to get background checks on used guns, you know, or guns between private parties. So they've expanded the background checks. Uh, that's going to go into effect. I don't know exactly when, but it did pass in Oregon. And I read, I think, we're the 12th state for that to pass. So... That's bad to me. Um, you know, and they claim, oh, because of Sandy Hook, you know, it's going to stop the same kind of thing happening as happened at Sandy Hook, but they carried out Sandy Hook, you know, uh, the the powers that be and their minions, and I don't believe anybody died. And if anybody did die, it was because they knew too much of the truth, and if anything, they died. But I don't believe those kids and the teachers, you know, they claim died. And, you know, if you went and checked it out, I think you'd agree with me, unless you're one of those people that is a big, you know, hater of conspiracy theories and those who believe them. But really, it's not theories. It's the, you know, I believe it's truth. And, you know, you just have to wake up and not be deceived and take the scales off your eyes, you know, become born again in Christ, and then you can see the truth. And um, so... I I have investigated Sandy Hook, and I'm still doing so, even though it was happened years ago. Um, And the same thing with the other false flags, you know, Aurora, the Batman theater shooting and all that, another bunch of hogwash. It's just them setting these things up, doing it for gun control purposes. And I even read a quote from Obama saying he can't believe that, you know, that they didn't do a bunch of gun-grabbing kind of stuff after Sandy Hook. You know, that's a paraphrase, but... You know, that they didn't pass a lot of legislation after Sandy Hook. Well, look what just happened in Oregon, and 12 states have done so. So, you know, it is happening. And, you know, that was their motive. And they also, in that bill that they just passed, I mean, well, yeah, the governor's got to sign it. But she's she's a big lip, you know, it's she's going to sign it. (laughs) Uh, a, a, A sodomite liberal, I think. So... Um, and she's going to sign it. You know, she said she can't wait to get her hands on it to sign it, basically. So, um, yeah, and and these people are in the know. They know that it's been faked, you know. They're not, 
they're not deceived about it, these politicians and Congress and all that, and, and, and these politicians, you know, Oliver, and I believe a lot of the police are in on it, you know, they know, um, Obama knows, his administration people know, you know, they're all in on the game, they know it's all being faked in order to grab the guns and to get the guns registered and all these things, and so now here in Oregon, whenever this goes into effect, between private parties, uh, we do have two sheriffs that, that say they're not going to enforce that. But um, one of them is in Josephine County, and I forget where the other one is, but Josephine County is just one county over from where AVR is located in Southern Oregon, where in Jackson and Josephine is just like the next county over. So anyway, um, you know, he's already said he's not going to enforce it if it does end up becoming, you know, law. So, um, that's going on. And in that bill, I believe, um, also, they have ex they're going to expand it to where it was like if somebody had been, um, had done, say, inpatient therapy for mental issues, you know, like you become an inpatient because they think that you're, you are, unsafe to be out in the population. You're going to do something crazy to yourself or others. And they could say that about anybody and they could make it up, you know. But um, so it used to be until this bill, you know, when it goes into effect anyway, um, that it would just be if you had been an inpatient like that at one of these places for mental health issues that they could say, oh, no, you know, this person cannot have a gun. Well, in the bill, it says that they're expanding it to people that are outpatients for that type of thing. So if you get some kind of psychiatric, you know, treatment and you're even an outpatient and it was a short period of time, now they're going to have a judge to decide whether or not you should be allowed legally to own a gun. So, you know, there's that. And they claim whether you should be allowed to own a gun, um, like, you know, they could take it away for a period of time. That's what they're claiming. Like, it wouldn't be, like, forever or something, but I don't believe them, you know. And so there was there were issues where, you know, I believe all the Republicans voted against it, and three, all but three of the Democrats voted for it. And so, um, you know, there were issues where... Like one of the Republicans, I believe, said that when they travel or they leave home, or I think it was when they moved, they, um, I guess they had their old house still, and they said that this would prevent them from allowing um, somebody they knew for, you know, holding their guns for them because they didn't want to leave the guns in an empty house, which would be dangerous. So they said this, you know, bill, once it goes into effect and it's law, would would keep them from being able to allow somebody else to temporarily, you know, keep their guns for them. Um, and so there's that, you know, that would be one thing. But it's not going to stop anything. For one thing, I don't even believe Adam Lanza existed, and they're using Sandy Hook and the articles they wrote about this, you know, this bill, um, about, you know, doing expanded background checks for between private people for guns, you know, usually used guns. And they they were claiming, you know, oh, it'll stop another Sandy Hook from happening. But it's not true because, for one thing, 
I think they made up the whole thing about Adam Lanz. I don't even think he existed. Um, the same thing with this picture, you know, it's not even, it looks like a picture of another man, and I think it was H.P. Lovecraft is his name. I mean, he looks a lot like that person anyway, like they took aspects of that person's face, and they made it into this fictional, who they claim is a real person, Adam Lanza, but, um, you know, you can look that up, but anyway... So, and then there's the fact that Adam Lanza's death certificate claims he died the day before Sandy Hook even happened. So, you know, there's so much evidence that to say he didn't even exist, you know, and I don't think he even existed. And it's like they want to put this out there, like his death certificate and him dying the day before, to try to make people like us that see these things probably bring them up to the liberal commie types and those that are anti you know, conspiracy theory and think we're all crazy so that they can say, you know, you're nuts, you know. Um, so all these things that is weird that we point out just makes them think we're crazy, you know, and demonizes us further in their minds. And they don't want to even look into it. And the mindless masses types that don't believe anything we say, they don't want to look into any of this. They just automatically think you're you're crazy or they've been brainwashed to say that and to believe it and to dismiss everything you say without doing the research or checking it out or to fight you to the tooth and nail no matter what the, the evidence says, you know. But anyway, um, so they, they're using Sandy Hook, you know, to they, they did use it, and they're using that as their excuse to get this passed, like it's going to save so many lives, yet they claim that Adam Lanza... They claim he stole the guns from his mother or whatever, because I, I did read, you know, you know, he he stole the guns or whatever. But, um, you know, and then there was the gun in the trunk, and they claimed it was another gun, which it really wasn't, and on and on it goes. And then they said he had Asperger's syndrome, and um, then there was a kid at the school. One of these kids was on the Dr. Oz show, who's Oprah's big buddy. And he's a guy that'll do anything for money, you know, just like all the rest of these, you know, Oprah as well. Um, they'll sell out the American people and the people of the world in order to further their paycheck, you know. And they'll get our guns taken away by putting out these lies, you know, just like a lot of other celebrities have done. And these Obama supporter types that are celebrities. And... He had one of these so-called kids from Sandy Hook that went to Sandy Hook, you know, elementary, if there is even such a thing, because supposedly that school was shut down a long time before this, you know, false flag event and FEMA drill even happened. But this kid on the Dr. Oz show, he was asked about what he heard and saw that day when he was there, you know, supposedly there. I think, you know, he was just coached to say he was there. But the kid basically came out and said, uh, he didn't mention police, he didn't mention gunfire. He said it sounded like somebody was kicking the door. So he didn't quite have his story straight. Apparently he didn't remember his lines. And he let out the fact that he said it was a drill. You know, we were having a drill. So, and then there's the picture of the, the so I, I guess it's supposed to be like one of the teachers or a couple of teachers or something. Um, some adults, and then the kids are holding onto each other's shoulders, you know, and the adults, and they're in this line, and they're 
That's the only picture they released of any children at the whole time. You know, a still picture that the media released, and they used it over and over. But really, that picture, from what I read, was taken, you know, not even anywhere near that time frame. It was taken long before the so-called Sandy Hook, you know, school shooting even happened, which I don't believe it even did happen. But, you know, it was another drill they were doing, in other words. You know, it was like an acting thing, and they just used that picture to make it look like these were the kids, you know, leaving the school as safely as possible with the teachers or something. So anyway, they're they're using all this nonsense to get bills like these passed and, you know, so I guess they'll be coming to a town near you, you know, state near you, whatever if they haven't already. So, you know, look into Sandy Hook if you have not and the other, you know, false flag events out there. I'm sure a lot of you already know what I'm talking about and you've already researched, you know, these things and um I still haven't seen that video. We need to talk about Sandy Hook, I think is the name of it, but I've watched so many others, and that's supposed to be a good one, um, or I think it's something like that. We need to talk about Sandy Hook. You can find it by looking for that on YouTube, and it's quite long. I don't know how long, but several hours, I think, so you need to set aside time to see it or watch it in pieces or something or download it and watch it at your convenience, but um, you know, I do plan to watch it. And then there's that Dr. Carver guy, the the coroner. They claim he's the coroner. He is the most bizarre person, one of the most bizarre, probably the most I've ever seen, that guy. You know, you can look up Dr. Carver, you know, medical examiner coroner, Sandy Hook, and see his little performance. And um, that guy was just, is seems to be crazy. But these seem like psychopaths, you know, um, these people that are supposedly taking part in all this stuff, Sandy Hook, and, you know, I don't know if they're actors, psychopaths, or both, but they they seem to just be about the money and getting paid off for participating in this nonsense, and, and that goes for the parents, you know, of the so-called kids, and they are profiting off of it. And why would they need to profit off of it anyway if if the kids even died, which nobodies were ever seen? They never showed any bodies. They never showed us any blood. They never showed us any evidence like that. Um, you didn't see the first kid or the first body coming out of that place. Uh, you know, and when you look at the footage that the media showed, they just showed, you know, overhead shots and... It, it just looked like a FEMA drill type thing, an exercise, you know, a drill that was happening. And everybody was just mindlessly walking around. Nobody was in a hurry. Nobody seemed stressed out. Um, there were kids walking by, you know, every so, off, every so often. You'd see a kid with their parents. And, and every time I did see a kid with their parents, it's like they were jerking them, you know, around, you know, holding them really hard. One parent seemed to pinch their kid on the neck. Somebody pointed out in one of the comments, and I went back and watched it like five different times. And as they walked by the camera, he, it looked like the, the so-called dad, I don't know if he really was the dad or just an actor pretending to be the kid's dad, but the child's dad, but it looked like he reached around into the back of his neck and pinched him really hard, like, don't you dare say anything to let anybody know the truth while we're walking by this camera kind of thing. That's what it seemed like to me. So, And then there was another one where I think you can look up 
something like evidence of child abuse, Sandy Hook or something like that, and it shows another thing where they're they're uh, acting kind of the same way with the, their child, you know, the so-called parents, the the so-called mom and dad and the kid that are being interviewed, and they're they're being kind of I don't know, just like they're trying to control the kid and um, kind of hurting the kid a little bit, like that, like a pinch or something, or you know, manhandling him or something to make sure he doesn't say what the real deal is. So there's just so much. And, you know, then there's that guy that got into character. Um, you know, he was, they were having a press conference, and it was supposed to be, I think, something like the day after Sandy Hook. And he all he could talk about was, it was Robbie Parker's his name, but all he could seem to keep repeating over and over was, oh, yeah, somebody made a donation page for us, you know, for me, you know, kind of thing. And, you know, you can go there on Facebook and see how to donate. And he mentioned that over and over. Like, that was his main motivation for getting up and, and speaking in front of the TV cameras and all that and being on television versus his daughter, supposedly his daughter, that was just... I think her name's Emily, or was Emily, if she even existed, which I don't think, you know, any kids really died, like they claimed, but um, she's the one that had the two smaller sisters, and her own aunt said, you know, she made, like, a big uh, screw-up when, I think, at the funeral of her supposed niece, and she said her big sister, she was talking about the, the one that died, who she had two little sisters, and she said, you know, she loved her big sisters or something to that effect. I'm paraphrasing. Um, and then the mother of that child that supposedly died, um, you know, Robbie Parker's so-called wife, she even photoshopped and admittedly photoshopped, you know, her own child. Uh, she took different pictures and added her child into one of their pictures, and it's just all this weird stuff going on, so... And then you have that Gene Rosen guy who is supposedly like a psychiatrist or something. And there's a picture of him as like a FEMA worker, you know, that I've seen with other kids in the past. You know, it looks just like him. And the name says on the caption of the picture, Gene Rosen. Oh, also, he's a part of the Screen Actors Guild. So he has a SAG card as an actor. And he was over the top and, you know... Supposedly, the kids walked right by the fire station, the, the survivors of this whole Sandy Hook thing, and got in a bus, and the the bus driver took them to his house. You know, some, you know, just random person, adult, and, and allowed the kids to be around this random person, uh, who they claim is a psychiatrist, of course, but he also claimed to hear the gunfire, even though people closer to the so-called school said they didn't hear it he claimed he did but he didn't know what it was um he didn't recognize it was gunfire and he was just over the top in his acting bad acting um but yeah so those those kids supposedly walked right past like or the bus driver took them right past the the fire station instead of them going to the fire station and getting treated by the emts and all that the paramedics at the fire station and getting help they walked right past there and went to, like, the next driveway or whatever, which was Gene Rosen, the psychiatrist. So 
Nothing adds up, and that's just a little tiny bit of it. You know, there's so much more evidence that just to add together to I don't believe any of the junk they claim about Sandy Hook. So hopefully you'll look into that. And so I didn't even expect to talk about that tonight, but since they did pass that and just they're waiting on the governor to sign it, and they used Sandy Hook as their little excuse, and I read that, you know, a couple articles about it before the show, and it just happened today, I believe, um, that they voted on it and everything. So I just thought I'd bring that up so you would know. But um, anyway, so I'm going to probably talk some more. There are some more good websites out there, and then I'm going to get into probably fluoridation after that tonight and maybe some other things. But um, So those are some good websites, like I gave you before the break, about vitamin C and health, you know, um, alternative health or whatever you want to call it, you know, not the allopathic type of stuff, but the kind of thing you hear me talk about. And, you know, there's... Wendy Wilson's site, thepowerherbs.com, that you can go to, and she's got a lot of good stuff there, and she's got her audio archives there you can listen to, and you can learn a lot that way, and she's got, you know, some great herbal formulas, and there's Dr. Richard Schultz's, uh, who was her professor, uh, he has a blog, and uh, you could just type in Dr. Richard Schultz Herbal blog and you can find his blog it used to be a separate site but now it's at herbdoc.com h-e-r-b-d-o-c.com and then you can just click on blog and you can find that and he answers questions from people you know that have questions that write into him they don't, he doesn't personally answer their emails but he'll put it on his blog and therefore, you know, all the people that want to know the same information can see it. But he doesn't have time to personally answer every single email. But he does have a lot of great health information on there, and he answers people's questions. And he puts his books up free of charge, a lot of them. If you want to read his fantastic books on herbal things and different health treatments, you know, that he's done for people to heal them when they were at death's door, and now they're alive and well and healthy, uh, a lot of them. And I'm not saying he saved every single person, but he saved a lot of people, I believe. You know, he helped them. So his information, his books are there on his site at herbdoc.com. And just click on blog, and you can go to his blog, and then you can see videos of him speaking and talking with people that have been healed, you know, by following what he wrote about or people he worked with and um, things like that. And then his books are there on the right-hand side on one of those pages, too. So when we get back, we'll probably get into fluoridation and maybe some other things on the other side, so don't go anywhere.
prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific.
Welcome back to New World Order Info. I'm Melissa Roxanne, and you're listening to me on TheAmericanVoice.com. You can also go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, and it is the second hour of my live show tonight on Monday, May 4th, 2015. And so I was giving you some info there about what they have passed in Oregon, and the governor's going to sign it, this bill, and it's going to be expanding background checks to, you know, in addition to people that go to gun shows or that go to gun stores and things like that to buy guns, they're going to be requiring just whoever on Craigslist or whatever it is between private parties to... um I think they're going to say they say that they're going to just have to contact the state police or something to check out whoever wants to buy the gun from them and all that and make sure that it's legal for them to have a gun, you know, and they don't have any felonies on the record or anything else that could prevent them from from owning the gun. So anyway, I was telling you about that and they're using Sandy Hook, you know, as the the big, you know, it's for the children kind of thing, you know, which is totally fake, and it's not for the children, because the children are going to be just as much in danger, you know, as everybody that has guns taken away, so, you know, I'm sure a lot of people aren't going to hand over their guns, but in places where guns have been taken or banished, you know, they have, the crime has totally increased, you know, whether it's different places in the United States where, you know, or where they're gun-free zones. That's where all the school shootings happen, you know, and it's not going to prevent criminals from owning guns. It's just going to prevent the law-abiding people from, from, you know, a lot of them, I'm sure, are going to turn over their guns because they're brain dead, I guess. But, um, you know, because I, I don't believe in that. You know, I believe you have a right to defend yourself. And so... Anyway, um, but all these places like Australia, I know that home invasions have increased like crazy, and they didn't even have a lot of shootings or, you know, things like that that had to do with guns being used in crimes from what I've read. It was, it's just, it was their excuse, you know, to make everybody safer. And so now, you know, they use all kind of things, and the criminals still use the guns, you know, or they steal people's guns that still kept their guns or whatever, but, or they're using whatever, machetes and swords and knives and whatever the case may be, whatever they want to use. And it's not the guns that are the problem anyway. If somebody wanted to use them in a criminal fashion, it's the person behind the gun, you know, that's the problem because, and even if guns were, you know, banished and whatever, anybody could use a rock or a baseball bat or any kind of weapon, their own fists, you know, their own hands, whatever the case may be. So you're never going to stop people from being murdered or things like that by getting rid of the guns. There, It's just to take them away from us because that way, you know, they think that they're going to be a lot safer, the powers that be that are out there doing all the evil deeds, you know, Satan and his minions. That's why they want the guns, because then they, they want to commit genocide, you know, even more so than they're already doing, and and wipe us out and enslave, you know, whoever's left until they murder them, too. So, anyway, um, there's that going on. 
And uh, so I'm going to get into now some information about uh, fluoride and maybe some other things. So, okay, I told you last week that fluoride is so toxic that only one milligram constitutes a prescription dose. In spite of this, the EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency, allows up to this amount in a single glass of drinking water. And so that's not counting all the other ways that we're being bombarded and forced drugged with fluoride. Sorry about that. But, um, yeah, because fluoride is in so many different things other than just the drinking water, you know, if it is, in fact, in the drinking water. Because in a lot of towns and a lot of places around the world, it still is in the tap water and in the drinking water. And you can get it, you know, many places when you go to certain stores, supermarkets or drugstores or Walmart or whatever. You know, you'll see those big, huge gallon-sized containers of uh, water and it'll say, you know, fluoridated water or something. have a baby on, on the label, you know, picture of a baby. You know, like, oh, this is great for babies. That's the point they're trying to make. Um, and they have the parents bamboozled into believing that, you know, and the same ones that go to the dentist and, you know, the dentist, most of them, unless they're they're aware of this problem, which they pretty much are aware of it, but there's very few dentists that go against all this. So the dentists, for the most part, you know, they're like the allopaths. Basically, they are allopaths. And they'll not only put mercury in your fillings and in your child's fillings, but they'll use fluoride on your teeth and theirs, you know. And so what the, the stuff they use to clean your teeth has fluoride in it most of the time. And they have fluoride treatments that they'll give to your children, you know. And they'll convince you that they need it. My nieces got those when they were growing up. And uh, so there's there's so many different ways. And then it's in the toothpaste, you know, and you can see that little label on the back of the toothpaste tube for those that are containing fluoride, which is most of them. And most people do, you know, for the most part, I think, in the United States anyway, unless they're aware of these issues and they're against fluoride and they know the truth. They're still using the, the fluoridated toothpaste. So, you know, but right there, there's a warning on the back of the tube saying, you know, don't give this to a child under, well, I don't know what it says exactly, such, you know, a certain age, and then and be very watchful of them and make sure they don't swallow it. And if anybody swallows more than a pea-sized amount, contact poison control, you know, immediately. And it can kill a child if they eat a tube of children's toothpaste even. You know, it has. And uh, my niece knew a, a child that that happened to a friend of hers. She told me, you know, once I brought this issue up and I was talking to her about it, and she had never known anything about fluoride. And I was, I was telling her, and she told me what happened to her friend of hers. And this little girl friend of hers was spending the night at the Y. Uh, MCA with her they're having like a sleepover and the kid ate a tube of this wonderful you know sugary tasting toothpaste they have all these flavors for the kids and they make it taste real good and I think they do it because they want the kids to eat it you know um, 
and kids do eat things that taste good no matter what they are, you know, whether they be vitamins or toothpaste or whatever it is. It could be, you know, some kind of toxic poison under your counter. If they make it taste sweet or something, you know, and they get a hold of it, they'll probably taste it, drink it, eat it, whatever. So they do. And, you know, not only that, um, so that that's another way that people are being exposed and children are being exposed to the fluoride. And it is a drug and it is being forced on us. We're all being forced drugged. And then I've told you about all the drugs that are in the water. So if, you know, you are in a, an area where they're using the wastewater, you know, and they have a wastewater treatment plant, which takes you know, the liquids and solids, you know, and separates them and does all that. And then they use uh, part of that for the compost and they dump all this bleach usually in the water. Some places use ozone, which is rare because ozone is so much better than anything else. Um, some places they use hydrogen peroxide instead of the bleach, which is another thing that's so much better than the bleach. Um, bleach causes cancer, you know, and it's really bad for us, and it, and it's, it should not, I don't think they should put it in the water at all. Um, that's something we all know not to drink bleach, you know, that's something that can kill you in a heartbeat, but yet they add it to our water. And then the fluoride's in the water in a lot of, in a lot of these places, and there's also the drugs, you know, the drug factor that is not being filtered out, and so every kind of drug I've told you many times that people take, and I've read articles about it too. It's not just coming from my crazy conspiracy theorist head or something. All the drugs that people take, whether it's birth, con birth control pills or over-the-counter drugs or, you know, non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, aspirin, Tylenol, Aleve, whatever, acetaminophen, Motrin, all these different ones, um, you know, that can kill anybody, can kill, you know, you can die from taking those. Um, and people have, people have become blinded, uh, blind from taking those, like uh, the little girl that her parents gave her children's Motrin, and now she's blind, and she almost died, and she suffered, uh, you know, she had an allergic reaction to the drug. And, you know, there's something called Stevens-Johnson syndrome and toxic epidermal necrolysis. You know, I've told you about those for a long, long time, years. And she had a reaction like that. And they claim, oh, this is very rare. But they're lying. It's not very rare. I read story after story, you know, in the news, news articles from the mainstream news even, about people that have had these. And there's lawsuit after lawsuit, class action lawsuit over this. You know, and against these drug manufacturers about how many people have died from all these drugs. You know, so the big pharma drugs are very, very dangerous. You know, just one of them, not to mention a lot of them mixed together or mixed with over-the-counter drugs. Things like that are killing people. Um, or just the, just one drug themselves, you know, any of them can kill somebody. Or an animal, you know, if an animal is prescribed, you know, or you are prescribed it to give to your animal, whatever. Like antibiotics even can be deadly for people and animals and children and, and the elderly and people of all ages. So all these things people are taking, they're going out of their body into their urine 
and they're going into the wastewater and then these wastewater treatment plants, you know, they're not being gotten out of the water. They're not being filtered out. They're staying in the water. Definitely part of it is still in the water that, you know, you may receive at home from your tap or in bottled water. So a lot of times it's just tap water and it's supposedly filtered, but it's really not. So it's got all this this in there, you know, at the store that you may go and buy off the shelf or whatever. So you're being exposed to all that and the steroids people use and the street drugs that people use and the, you know, just birth control pills that people use, hormones and uh, hormone replacement therapy drugs that they use, which cause cancer, which cause strokes, which cause heart attacks, which cause death. You know, and steroids, look at all the danger in those that, you know, by the way, the Sandy Hook, there's a scandal. You could look up Sandy Hook uh, police. Um, You can look up uh, OxyContin. You can look up steroids. And you can look up cocaine because a bunch of them just got busted for a ring that was distributing just what I just said. Steroids. Big pharma drugs, including OxyContin and cocaine. So they were distributing those and manufacturing steroids from testosterone powder imported from China. And in the headline, it just talks about the steroid issue. Like I said, it's a illegal steroid, you know, drug ring or something. And um, so there's that. And there, there was... Um, a justice that was in on it, um, and, you know, somebody, I don't know, I don't remember exactly, I think it was a police department or something, and a dispatcher, and a bunch of other people, so you can look that up, you know, and check that out, so that's one of the things going on you may not have heard about, but, um, yeah, so there's all these ways, you know, that they're they're force drugging us, not just with the fluoride, not just with the chlorine, not just with the soy, because soy makes us docile and, and causes all kinds of problems and feminizes men and causes little girls to go into puberty a lot sooner, you know, and messes with their hormones and all of our hormones, and they put it in so many different processed foods and beverages and, you know, all kind of things. They use soy, genetically modified at that soy, Roundup Ready genetically modified Terminator seeds. So, you know, it's been genetically modified. Even regular soy is bad, but then they genetically modify it, and they put Roundup right in the seeds, which causes you to have a poison, you know, pesticide factory going on in your body. That's exactly what happens. There's all these factors. So anyway, there's all that. They're force-drugging us in all these different ways that people don't even realize. And then there's all the antibiotics, you know, whether they're putting it, they're splicing it into veggies and fruit, you know. So I would stick with the organic kind, if, if at all possible, and look up their dirty dozen and try not to buy those unless you buy organic, you know. Look up dirty dozen uh, produce or vegetables or something like that. And try to get the organic kind. But, you know, and then they're putting the antibiotics in 
you know, the animals, they're giving them to the animals, whether the animals are sick or not. They're feeding the animals dead, diseased animals, like cattle are being fed other cattle that have died, that probably died from mad cow, and they have all the symptoms of mad cow disease, and then they're feeding those to the other cattle to save money, you know, and then they're giving them genetically modified feed, things that they should never be eating in the first place, and it's causing them to be fat quicker, fatten them up quicker, and the antibiotics are doing the same. And those antibiotics are dangerous, and, you know, you are what you eat, so whatever they ate affects us and what we eat. So there's all that, and then there's all the antibiotics that are being overprescribed and prescribed when they should not be by the doctors, when people aren't, don't even have a viral infection. They have, you know, actually they have a viral infection, and they don't have and a bad bacterial infection. So when they have a viral infection, antibiotics don't even work, but the doctors don't even check to see if it's a virus or a bacterial infection. They just go ahead and write a prescription for some kind of antibiotics, you know, and then they put you on stronger and stronger ones if need be. And so every time you're exposed to those, there's a risk of death, and it all they also cause cancer. So there's all this stuff. And so anyway, then there's the fluoride issue. And so that one milligram of fluoride constitutes a prescription dose, and that's just, you know, that much is in the single glass of drinking water, plus all the other stuff I mentioned, you know, a lot of times is in that water, the drugs, you know, all this stuff. And the Roundup, too, you know, it's getting in the water supply. It's definitely in the water supply, I'm sure. And, and things that are being used, they're mixing that with the water used to irrigate the crops. They're mixing the Roundup, this herbicide, right in with the water they're putting on the crops. So it's being doused with Roundup, all these crops. That's why I would try to stick to the organic and raise your own stuff. You know, buy your own seeds or whatever. Get organic plants or the seeds and... You know, grow it yourself and know what's going in your food and that it's real food instead of this fake Franken food that's been doused with Roundup or maybe the Roundup's in the seeds and you're not even being told because you don't know what's genetically modified and what's not in the stores. If it's not certified organic and you're just guessing, you don't know. You know, but you can go look on that dirty dozen list and it will tell you a lot of times things that are definitely being genetically modified, like yellow squash, for instance, is one of them. Um, and then which ones are doused with so many pesticides, like bell peppers is another one to stay away from, unless it's organic. So, you know, and you can't wash it off. You can't wash all those pesticides off from what everything I've read. So you still should, you know. But I don't think it's going to really work. Um, so you should try to get the organic, especially for the dirty dozen. But any time you can, or grow it yourself in the organic fashion, you know, with good organic and heirloom seeds that haven't been treated with chemical pesticides and learn how to, how to get around all that and use the right kind of fertilizers and natural things, you know. Okay, so we'll be right back and we'll get more into fluoride on the other side, so don't go anywhere.
have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. 
For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. have denied internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149. $99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System.
Okay, welcome back to New World Order Info. I'm Melissa Roxanne. And this is the last part of my live show tonight on Monday, May 4th, 2015. And you're listening to me on TheAmericanVoice.com. You can also go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and check out all the different ways to listen to AVR. And there are many, and you'll see those there on the websites. And a couple other things I want to say. Um, another way, you know, I told you about fluoride exposure happens when you use those nonstick pots and pans, including like George Foreman grills and all kinds of modern day appliances, which they coat with this nonstick stuff, and it's fluoride. Um, so there's that issue. Um, and then there's if you have toaster ovens, a lot of times they may be coated with fluoride. If they have a nonstick interior, they are coated with it. And uh, the same thing goes with bigger countertop ovens, which they're smaller than regular ovens usually are. So people that don't want to heat up a huge, you know, regular size oven, they're a lot of them are switching to using these type of ovens, and a lot of them are convection ovens that just go on your countertop. I guess you could, I don't know if you could put them in the wall or not, but people usually just put them on their counters and use those, and some of them have like rotisseries and things like that that come with them, others don't. But both the toaster ovens and those countertop ovens, if it has a nonstick coating, and you can usually just look on the inside Sometimes the boxes will tell you too. So check the box, see if it says nonstick coating or something to that effect, or maybe call up the manufacturer or look in the manual and see if it mentions like, oh, it's an easy clean oven because it has this nonstick coating. And another way is if your oven is a self-cleaning oven, that is a fluoride coating. And most people do have ovens that are self-cleaning. So every time you're cooking or heating up your food or you're using that self-cleaning function for that oven, you know, you're being exposed to fluoride and you're exposing your loved ones to fluoride or whoever lives in that home or whatever it is, you know, wherever you're using the oven. So there's that. There's the, the irons I've told you with the nonstick coatings. Those are fluoride. And these coatings are not, I mean, they're very bad to be heated, period, okay? But the more, the higher the heat goes, the more dangerous they are for our health and the health of animals and babies and birds and the elderly and people with compromised immune systems and all that. So if you're using an iron and you're ironing clothes or whatever you're using your iron for, people use them for crafts, you know, there's all kind of different uses for irons. And back in the day, uh, they even straightened their hair, you know, females, women, usually teenagers, straightened their hair with regular irons, you know. So I'm sure a lot of you probably are aware of that, maybe have even done it. Um, but so that's another thing. If they have that nonstick coating, which I doubt they had going on back then on the irons, but they do now on on many many irons now probably most of them they have this nonstick coating that is fluoride and then there's the fluoride in the um, SSRIs which you know these drugs that are really dangerous um, 
where, you know, they claim all these patsies that they've invented that either don't exist or really didn't do it, um, I believe. You know, they're claiming that they're on all these kind of drugs. Well, most of these drugs are made from, you know, they're fluoride, you know. So all these SSRIs, you know, they're, if you look them up, you'll see that. And so, you know, they're basically admitting that fluoride causes people to go on these shooting sprees. So do you really want that in your drinking water? Do you really want that in your capsules that you get from your big pharma drug companies or your, you know, pharmacist, your sorcery guy, you know, your alchemist, your pharmacist, I guess you could call him, because he's practicing pharmacia, and so is the doctor when he writes out the prescription, and RX even has to do with pharmacia and sorcery, you know, basically black magic, so um, that's what, you know, you're basically doing is practicing that and going along with that when you're putting these things into your body or giving them to your children or whatever. So, you know, that's another way they're using these things against us, you know, and most people aren't aware. And then those tablets or whatever they are made out of uh, for like Boniva. And there's another one. I can't remember the name of it right now. But Sally Field used to do commercials, I know, for Boniva. That's a, that's fluoride in a pill. And they claim it helps you with, you know, if you suffer from osteoporosis, um, and if your bones are brittle and things like that, you know, you're in danger of, you know, getting worse osteoporosis or osteoporosis worsening. But really, they're giving you fluoride in a pill, which causes you to have brittle bones, and it causes you to, you know, if you fall, it's a great factor in whether your bones are going to break or not because it makes your bones brittle. And that's what happens when you take fluoride into your body, when you ingest fluoride, whether it's in your toothpaste or you're brushing your teeth, I'm sure that's going into your body, even if you don't swallow it. It's being absorbed through your mucous membranes, for one thing, you know. And the same thing if you spray something on your skin that has fluoride in the water, like uh, cologne or maybe you apply it on your skin, whatever, perfume or whatever it is, um, that probably, you know, has a great chance that it has fluoride in it. Uh, the beer you drink, the wine you drink, the alcohol, the liquor, you know, the soft drinks, a great percentage of those have fluoride, you know, and you can go look up the the percentage or how much fluoride is in these type of things. Um, the the canned foods, the soups, the frozen foods, you know, things people aren't even thinking about. They're just thinking, well, it's either in the water, perhaps, or it's in the toothpaste, perhaps. But they're not thinking of all the other things, you know. And then there's the the fluoride that's in the water that's sprayed on the crops that we eat, you know. Um, the produce that we eat, and I'm not looking this up or anything, it's just things I'm thinking of in my memory, but from my mind, but, you know, these are just some of the ways that we're being exposed to fluoride. Uh, then there's the swimming pools. How many of those, you know, you may be on the city water, you know, system or whatever that's fluoridated, and they dump chlorine in the water. Both of those substances cause cancer. So, you know, your kids may be swimming in that, or you may be, or your grandkids, your nieces and nephews, your brothers and sisters, your parents, whoever. You know, elderly people may be doing exercises in pools that contain these things. They're being exposed to fluoride and 
lots of other things, you know, including chlorine most of the time because most of the time people are using chlorine to clean, you know, the pools to keep the pools cleaner and stuff like that. So um, there's that. And uh, there's just so many different ways that we're being forced drugged with fluoride. Okay. Then there's when you take a shower, not only are you absorbing the fluoride in the water, that's going in through the pores of your skin, but you're inhaling the gas, you know, which is really bad too. You know, so there's that. Um, you know, you're swimming in the chlorine and the fluoride, whether you're in the shower or in the pool, whatever, you're just being dosed with it and drenched with it and or you take a bath in it. Um, so there's that. There's saunas, things like that, and they're heated. So that's even worse, I'm sure, when you heat it up. And the same thing with the fluoride coatings. And uh, when you clean your carpet and your carpet is treated with these, th these are just things that are coming to my mind, uh, you know, that I haven't even thought about. But, you know, there's the, there's the Stainmaster carpet, for instance. I don't know if they've changed the trademark name or whatever they call it, but it's a fluoride coating they put on carpet. And I'm sure most of the carpet probably that's sold that's new has this on it and used carpet. So if you go get someone Craigslist, you know, that carpet that you buy that's used even that somebody else got rid of or whatever, or maybe it's from a construction site and they didn't use it all or from some carpet place and they have, you know, remnants or rugs made out of it. A lot of times it'll be coated with fluoride and you may not even know it. Um, so you're going to let allow your babies to crawl around to that, your grandchildren, your nieces and nephews, whatever, or, you know, that's really, really bad for them. And the same thing when you go barefoot or your skin, you know, comes into contact with that or just having it in your house, you know. I'm sure the fumes from it and breathing it in, all those things are bad in contact with it. And then the, the stuff they spray on the furniture, you know, like I've said even recently, it's that's another thing. And then clothes, they they spray the furniture, they call it Scotchgard, or they used to. I don't know what they call it now, but that's a fluoride coating that they get in a can. You can even buy it yourself, I believe, and put it on your own furniture. So all these things are fluoride that you're being exposed to without your knowledge, usually. There's a Dow chemical um, that they use for tenting termites, you know, tenting houses for termites, and it's a, it's a rat poison. Um, I think I used to know the name of it, but anyway, it's fluoride, and I can't think of it right this second, but it's, it's a rat poison, and it's made from fluoride, and it even killed a homeless man who, you know, broke into a house, he illegally entered somebody's house when it was being tented for termites, broke, breaking and entering, and they found him dead in the house because he died from fluoride exposure, from fluoride poisoning, so there's all these things, and you know, when it's in aluminum cans, for instance, sodas that have so many toxic ingredients, including a lot of times the water that if the bottling plant, you know, used water that was fluoridated, there's that factor. And then the can is made out of aluminum. Well, it causes us to absorb more of the aluminum from the can uh, when the water has fluoride in it. And, you know, it comes from these these plants that it's this toxic byproduct of them, you know, doing so many things, so many things. It was even used in the atomic bomb, you know, so um, the fertilizer plants and other plants, you know, the aluminum plants, 
different plants anyway I know they're you know they have this as a byproduct and so it's just this toxic stuff that they talked into allowing you know the officials that were all for them dumping it into the water because they didn't really have a place to put it and they were going to be fined a lot of money you know they're not allowed to dump it into the water supply but then they are you know what I mean they can't go dump it in the lake they'll get these huge fines but yet they can dump it in the the drinking water you know and and the cities and counties and places that use the Florida in the water pay them a pretty penny to be able to do so so there's all these different ways we're being exposed to fluoride and you may not even think about it. And these are just some of them. I'm sure there's many, many more that I haven't even named. So that's something to keep in mind and think about. And, you know, the same thing when you go to the dentist and when you when they say, do you want your child to get this fluoride treatment they need it? It'll protect their teeth from getting cavities. And, you know, and then it's on the whatever the toothpaste or whatever they use to clean your teeth, you know, um, or just your toothpaste. That's just one small way you can somewhat limit your exposure to fluoride is by changing from a toothpaste that has fluoride in it to a toothpaste that is fluoride-free. So I would definitely, you know, if it were me, not be using the fluoride toothpaste, you know. I quit using that years and years ago. And just go look at the warning on the back of the tube, you know. And, you know, if that doesn't convince you, I don't know, keep doing research until you get convinced because, you know, it's just a deadly and toxic thing that can and has killed people and animals, by the way. Even horses, I've read, when they've had too much exposure to fluoride, it's killed them. And it can cause their bones to be brittle and to break easily, you know. So all these things. And then there's the children in other countries, these foreign countries. They want to be like Americans or their parents want them to be like Americans, you know. At least they used to look up to Americans, you know, and think we were, you know, they wanted to be like us. And so they would give their kids, put them to sleep with bottles full of Coca-Cola and things like that, full of fluoride. And it caused their bones to bend, you know, to for them to have skeletal fluorosis and for their bones to be curved in their legs, which basically crippled them. And so there's that, you know, and there's all kind of issues. And you can go look at pictures of this. Type in skeletal fluorosis, you know, skeletal fluoride even you could type in and see the pictures. Go to Google Images or some kind of search engine and then click on Images and then you'll see the pictures of what I'm talking about and the same thing with you know the teeth they can become rotted from the fluoride you know it's not going to prevent cavities that's just a baloney line of baloney they convinced people of uh, Edward Bernays back in the day and that he was the nephew of Sigmund Freud and the father I don't like that term but you know that's what they call him of, of public relations Basically, the father of lies, like, you know, the real father of lies. He was one of his minions, and I believe. And so they've done this deceptive campaign uh, about fluoride and how it's good for us, when really it's just the opposite. It's just one of Satan's tools, and it does dumb us down. It makes us into couch potatoes. It makes us less uh, apt to rebel against authority figures. They don't want us rebelling against them. They don't want us rising up or, well, they kind of do <laughs> because then they can kill us and murder us and 
send us to some camp or declare martial law or whatever. But they don't want us really to, I don't know, they want to keep us dumbed down and, you know, they want to demoralize the population and just keep you sitting on the couch watching the sports or sitting at your computer looking at the porn or, you know, distracted on watching the television shows and believing everything you see and hear. And that's what fluoride helps them to accomplish, along with the television and the subliminal stuff and so many other things and the drugs that are full of fluoride a lot of the time, these SSRIs, for example. So, you know, they, they use it all together against us, and it's like the war against us all, you know, Satan's war against us all, I believe. And his minions are in on it. And so this is one of the ways they're poisoning us, one of the ways, and force-dragging us all. So I'm going to talk more about fluoride and different things next week, probably, and get into more about it. But these are just some things to consider. So try to limit as much as you can your exposure to fluoride and look into it, do the research about it, and, you know, learn all you can and try to get rid of these things that are so bad for you and yours and do the things that are good, you know, and, and things to help get these things out of your system and to keep yourself healthy. So thank you for listening and coming up next is Frank, the owner of AVR for two hours live. So have a wonderful evening and I'll see you Wednesday night with Frank.
American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. have denied internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System. Since the beginning of the United States, kings have sought it. Nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. <laughs> 